Hello everyone and welcome to Millennial Rewind, where we take a not-so-sentimental look at the movies and TV shows that were around when millennials were growing up. I'm your host, Nick, coming to you from the farm boys getting shot in the face capital of the world, the low country, South Carolina. And joining me from the lead actresses being out-acted by extras capital of the world, Los Angeles, California, is my co-host, Jules. Jules, how are you doing today? Well, hurling my spore into space. Hoping for the best. Uh, I thought I saw some blue stuff in the sky. That, that's okay. I get it. Now I know where that's coming from. It's an explanation for UFOs, right? Unidentified fapping objects. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> and joining us from the brain bug face vagina of Southern California, the Inland Empire, is my other co-host, John. John, what's happening? I've been trolling my mom by psychically commanding ferret attacks. <laughs> <laughs> I was curious, is that spore, S-P-O-R-E, or S-P-O-O-R? Spore. Yeah. Spore or spore. <laughs> Those are two very different things that come from the body. I think it's the first one. Yeah. Well, either way, it makes blowing up spaceships hilarious. But but why is it blue now? <laughs> why is it glowing? <laughs> And before we explain what any of that shit's about, if you like what you hear today, please do us a favor and hit that subscribe button. Also, be sure to share the show with anyone you think might like to listen as well. So we watched the 1997 sci-fi satire Starship Troopers. And John, how would you tell someone you watched Starship Troopers without using the title? Come on, you apes. I got big blasters, brainy bugs, and the bare buns and boobs of both sexes. Would you like to know more? <laughs> um, with a pitch like that, hell yeah, I'd like to know more. <laughs> and Jules of the producers had asked you to come up with a different title for this movie. What would it be? Oh, they definitely went to the wrong guy because this one's sending me right to hell. It's uh, the Eternal Bug. Oh, God. I... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on down. <laughs> come on down. By the way. Top marks for completing the assignment, though. Damn. <laughs> oh, God. There's so much to talk about when it comes to this movie. But let's start off with some personal experiences watching this back in the late 90s. Uh, how did you guys watch this? Where did you watch it? Why did you watch it? I watched it because big sci-fi action flick with cool monsters, obviously. Definitely wasn't a theater. Probably saw it at friends. I don't really remember the first time I did. I haven't seen it much, and every time I do, I remember just how much I fucking love it. I adore this movie. <laughs> but it's worth saying that back then, that's really all I took from it. You know, yeah, you got the way the society is, but I just went, oh, that's the way it is in this world. I didn't recognize it as like a parallel or a statement or anything like that, no matter how obvious it is. And in my defense, I was a teenager. And as we know, teenagers are the absolute fucking worst. This has been proven. That they are. So Jules, how about you? Uh, where'd you watch this? There were two things I loved as a kid, space and military shit. And this movie had both, and I couldn't see it in the theater. I was too young and didn't have anyone who could take me there. So this was always the movie that got away. I just remember the really cool commercials on TV. Song 2 by Blur was blasting away as guys with machine guns and power armor were shooting giant monsters. And I just remember grasping at what I could, which was the animated TV show which was, at the time, one step above reboot. But I remember it just being really awesome. I don't know if it's accurate. I saw a brief <laughs> clip. <laughs> 
And it seemed okay. I mean, the animation has not aged well, but it was a fantastic show. But then, of course, eventually I was a teenager and I managed to find it on a movie channel and I got all psyched up. And the resounding reaction was, yeah, it's all right, I guess. I feel like the tone is incorrect here. It feels like the actual substance of the story is clashing with the the satire and the parody. And still comes across to me as it didn't know what it was trying to do, or if it did know what it was trying to do, it didn't pull it off. So yeah, it was it was hard to gauge, but even if I could have gauged, I was a teenager, and as we've discussed, teenagers are the worst. Absolute worst, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My understanding was that he wanted people to like really identify with the society, then realize what it was and be like, oh, fuck, I just got really looped into a fascist society and like go think about that. I, I don't see the movie showing that enough. They, they talk about how you know, force is the only real way to solve anything or da da da. Apart from kind of, you know, the way the insignias and the uniforms look and stuff, you know, you get it in the exposition, you get a little bit here and there, but I think they could have gone further. Yeah. I think they would have had to have depicted the sort of bleak meaninglessness of like World War One if they were if they were really trying to pull this off. Yeah, it might not have been strong enough. So uh, this was definitely a video store rental for me. I just remember watching it in the family room, on the family TV. Uh, My brother got scared of it and had to leave the room at some point. I don't know why. (laughs) So this was his deep blue sea for you. Yeah, this was his deep blue sea. Yeah, he couldn't. He just couldn't go to Clendathy without getting really scared. We had jewels with Predator. He couldn't be around trees. Uh, you couldn't be by swimming pools. Like, what was it for your brother? He couldn't be around Power Armor? <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I just remember, like, at some point, he just had to leave because the bugs were freaking him out. Yeah, so this is an adaptation of famous, famous sci-fi writer Robert Heinlein's, or Henlin, or however the fuck you pronounce his name, his book, Starship Troopers. Heinlein. Heinlein, yes. His original story, very much the opposite of this movie. Not a satire. He did not like the direction that society was going. He was a Navy veteran himself. And yeah, he just thought that only veterans should be able to be citizens. And he wrote this very pro-military, pseudo-fascistic book. And it kind of makes the movie a lot more brilliant. I, I wouldn't call it a fascist book. That's that's going to an extreme. <laughs> I said semi I didn't say full on. It's kind of an iconic part of science fiction because, you know, he was one of the writers along with Isaac Asimov, Rod Serling, who who created the sort of science fiction genre as we know it today. He also wrote A Stranger from a Strange Land. A lot of the iconic tropes that we look back on as what science fiction was, Heinlein was part of this. He's still an iconic figure in terms of what science fiction is. Oh, absolutely. I'm not I'm not trying to downplay that at all. Also, like, but it's like such a weird tonal shift from Stranger in a Strange Land, which is like super big about accepting people and identity. And there's like polyamory, which was like super progressive for the time, like just normalized. They're both great books. I, I highly recommend people read both of them. But it was just like a very stark tonal difference between the two. But as you were going to bring up, Nick, I'm sure he was the one who created the science fiction trope of power on it, right? Yeah, and as someone who enjoys Fallout 4, uh, thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, so this cost $100 million back in 1997. This was like 
a big ass movie for Sony directed by Paul Verhoeven, who did RoboCop, did Total Recall. And Showgirls. And Showgirls. I've still not seen it. (laughs) But yeah, because he was he grew up in Holland under Nazi Germany. So like exploring fascism was a big thing for him in this movie. I believe this was like a first major movie for most of the cast. They got a bunch of nobodies. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is in this and he was trying to get rid of his uh, his Doogie Howser image. I loved that show. I don't remember a damn thing about it other than he was like a child doctor. I watched like an episode <laughs> and I think the only thing I remember from it and I, this I later learned was like a trope in the show was he had a computer that he kept a diary on and there was always like a diary entry at the end. Yeah, there was always a diary entry at the end. But yeah, Denise Richards also had like a guest star or a guest role on Doogie Howser. So there's there's some overlap there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So there, there's like weird intersections between the cast. Yeah. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. It was uh, NPH's like childhood star vehicle. It was this yeah. TV show where he was a doctor, where he was a kid doctor. Yeah. Yeah. For, for people of a certain generation, that's what they knew him for. And then he became known for being Barney Stinson on How I Met Your Mother. And the most amazing version of himself ever in the Harold and Kumar movies. Yes. So yeah, Casper Van Dien, this was like his first major movie, like first like starring role. And like they cast them all because he wanted people to look like really good looking comic book humans. Who connect? What? Who contact? I'm not sure how much of it is intentional or not. I do have a note. It's much later in the movie, but it's, and this is where Denise Richards forgot how to smile. Like the one moment in the movie that she's not showing all the teeth. Exactly. I mean, let's be honest. These these are plastic figurines. These are not actors. Oh, yeah. Let's not disparage Casper Van Dien. He can act way better than Denise Richards. Let's not, let's not do that to Casper Van Dien. This is true. There are some acting issues in this movie. He is not one of them. No. Uh, but also, yeah, but speaking of Casper Van Dien and Denise Richards, they also had background roles on Save by the Bell. So they, there, there's like an, an intersection there. It's like, it's all connected. <laughs> yeah. Although I don't know if there's any Baywatch in this. I'm, I'm sure John will let us know at the appropriate moment. <laughs> Listener, if you could see John's expression right now, you would know it's coming and it's going to be awesome. Oh, <laughs> Oh, I'm just saying I'm right now I'm I'm picturing a fantasy where the arachnids show up in Baywatch in slow motion running along the base. <laughs> it would be way better than the episode this references. The Baywatch episode is nothing exceptional, but the person is. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, I'm very excited. So let's see. We had um they were tied together saved by the bell, Denise Richards. Yeah, um, the only other kind of outside info that I found <laughs> um, was Casper Van Dien talking about, you know, later things that he's done and how he was still trying to shed the image of, you know, Starship Troopers. And, you know, he was picking his daughters up from school and they're like, you know, eight, ten years old. And all of a sudden he got swarmed by like this half dozen kids, these boys. And they're just like, Johnny Rico, Johnny Rico, Johnny Rico. And he's like, you're 10. What are you doing watching Starship Troopers? (laughs) And they said like, oh, their parents had, you know, they watched it with their parents. 
gets in the car. He's driving his daughter's home. And the 10-year-old, obviously the other kids were talking about this. Dad, were you really in Starship Troopers? And he's like, yeah. So you were like, you were naked? And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. And the eight-year-old was like, you mean like naked, naked, no clothes? And his daughters are yelling about how they're so embarrassed and their life is ruined now. (laughs) He's like, yeah. And that was the longest three minutes of a car ride I've ever had in my life. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, with the... co-ed shower scenes in mind we're gonna take a break uh and when we come back we're gonna start breaking down starship troopers do you want to know more (laughs) all right finally kicked covid and got through the holidays time to relax and watch the game reporting now from millennial rewind news network i'm john and i'm nick and of course they're on my tv Moments ago, Jules Bartholomew, last name, started watching television without inviting his friends over. That's right, John. In contravention of the Millennial Rewind Central Council's orders, he engaged in this reckless, solitary activity without so much as texting whether or not we wanted to watch the game too. Would you like to know more? Why won't the bloody channel change? And you both hate sports. A poor display of friendship if I've ever seen one, Nick. Well, despite the fact that neither of us are sports fans, it would have been nice to be included. Maybe even given a cup of tea and some of that Victoria sponge cake he made just yesterday. That's right, John. Tea service guarantees friendship. Would you like to know more? No, I wouldn't like to know more. Seriously, I've already missed the kickoff and... Wait a second. Are you... Are you two just sitting in a box you made to look like a TV? In all honesty, Jules... It is surprising in how long it took you to realize this. Clearly I was blindsided by the sheer stupidity of what you were doing. So, can we have some tea and cake? That cold stare tells me he's not going to give us tea and cake. Jules, would would you like us to leave? I'm pretty sure he wants us to leave, yeah. Yeah, let's go. Alright, fine. But we're taking the box with us. Yeah, I don't think he wants us to leave the box anyway. Okay, honestly, I prefer it when he just yells at us, right? That, that that felt wrong. Right? I mean, how rude can you be? Seriously. God, some people. And we're back, and we're going to open up on a propaganda ad. All the troops are looking at a camera and saying, I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. A very memed moment in the movie. This shows up a lot on Reddit. You got the little kid who's definitely too young to be in the mobile infantry. He's got his little uniform on. He's like, I'm doing my part. And that gets a that gets a chuckle from the actual troopers. Oh, Billy, you and you're trying to shoot machine guns and giant monsters. <laughs> Not the only time children will handle firearms in this movie. Let me tell you. Uh... <laughs> oh, my God, guys. You realize what this means? He has an entire battalion as his own cackle posse. (laughs) (laughs) He does. And you're going to laugh with them or they'll shoot you in the face. Exactly, man. He's got the fucking mobile infantry back in him. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where we get two more of the, the iconic lines of the movie. We get service guarantees citizenship and... Would you like to know more? Because it's this this overlay, like somebody's clearly clicking around some videos, uh, you know, kind of foreseeing YouTube in a way. 
we switch over to another video about how planetary defenses are better than ever and blowing bug meteors out of space. I love how ridiculous this moment is as they're talking about the meteors getting launched from this other system on the other side of the galaxy. And it shows where in, you know, the massive galaxy Klendathu is. And then there's just this dot on the other side that says, you are here. (laughs) 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 Like, it's the very beginning of the movie. And I'm just like, I fucking love this. I need to own a copy. It's too much fun. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Got to get a steel jacket Blu-ray of this mofo. Um, So, yeah, this is all like he takes a lot of inspiration from Nazi directors and Nazi propaganda films. Obviously, that's kind of the vibe he's going for, like Lenny Riefenstahl and stuff. But then this next segment, it's entitled Why We Fight, which is a reference to American World War II propaganda. Because back during the original, you know, the early days of World War II, most Americans are like, I don't give a fuck about Hitler or whatever. That's happening in Europe. I give a fuck about Japan. They just bombed us. And so they had to release this series of movies, like educating America, be like, hey, we actually do have to go fight the Nazis. Here's why. And so finally, final se- uh, final segment for this like propaganda broadcast. Um, we're on Klendathu, Big K, and there's this news reporter there, you know, giving a li- live report, a live report from the other side of the galaxy. And this transmission would probably take like millions of years to get back to Earth if this movie followed physics, but. Mass Effect relays? I don't know. Just throw the word quantum in there a few times. Sure. And if this was under as advanced a propaganda system as it appears to be, this would have been edited. Yeah, you don't go live if you're under, <laughs> if you're under a regime like this. Come exactly. on. Yeah, we watched this this uh, this reporter just get absolutely fucked up by a bug, an arachnid with four legs. Well, I'll count the the tiny ones as you know. So there's six. They're still not arachnids, though. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 insect territory. Yeah, we're in insect territory. Anyway, we see one soldier run up and start shooting by himself. Uh, I have more comments on this soldier lit when we come back to the scene later in the movie because this is giga dumb. <laughs> and th- this cameraman, again, we'll get a better look at this later, but just doesn't give a fuck about all the carnage happening in front of him. He's just going to get his shot. He is committed to his job, man. I, he's a dumbass, but I still respect him. To the death. Then we see Rico, Casper Van Dien, uh, he gets his leg jammed and then he falls over and screams in pain into the camera. And that's, uh, we'll be back to this later. And then we get a... One year earlier. Cut to Rico, Casper Van Dien. Uh, He's drawing a picture using a stylus on a super fancy uh, touchscreen computer that's built into his desk because future. He's drawing a picture of him and Denise Richards, who plays a character called Carmen. Uh, We'll learn their dating. Yeah, my note here is, wow, there are a lot of 20-year-olds in this high school and a lot of white guys in Buenos Aires. Yeah, funny. Oh, this is the most (laughs) wonderfully white American Buenos Aires you have ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Additionally, a lot of these were closer to 30 than 20. Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, Van Van Dien was like 28 or 29 when it was filming. I think he was maybe 30 when it came out. Patrick Muldoon, who we'll meet before too long, also. Richards was in her mid-20s. I mean, this is worse than she's all that levels of 20-year-olds in high school. <laughs> yeah, like, people, as you were saying, people pushing 30 in high school. Like, it would be like if, if we played high school students. 
Yeah, there was a lot of crow's feet in this high school. And stubble. A lot of stubble. <laughs> it's not that hard to put some concealer on, folks. Seriously. But you do know who does look his age. Michael motherfucking Ironside, because he's the teacher, and he does not appreciate Rico uh, not paying attention in his class. Uh, He's also missing a forearm, which we'll learn why later. This is clearly a political philosophy class, as apparently one has in high school. And we get this whole info dump about this political system, about how democracy was a failure, and that the veterans rose up, and they made the current political system where you got citizens and you have civilians. And basically, you gotta do federal service, aka join the military, to become a citizen. Uh, violence is the ultimate political authority. It's the only authority from which all other authorities derive, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, even something like voting, that is a show of force. You are imposing your will into the society. So everything is centered around this. But I mean, like Jules mentioned at the beginning, you just kind of get these little snippets of it. I don't see it really reflected in the society itself. Right. You don't see any actual violence aside from the war. If they had demonstrated something like at school, like where, you know, the new freshmen come in and they brutally beat them or elements like that that are sort of ingrained in the society it might have demonstrated it better but they don't really do that yeah so anyways the picture the animated gif that uh he sends to carmen about them kissing gets rebuffed because her picture she draws onto it and sends it back where she's blowing a bubblegum bubble onto his face so this is the first where we get that he's way more into her than she is into him They are supposedly dating, and yet other characters consistently note that they're not? Well, they're not banging, as we'll we'll see. He gets propositions, so clearly he's doing something right. But everyone else is like, aiming a little high, aren't you, buddy? What? I do do want to also mention that at this point, and in subsequent scenes, I will not give a rat's ass about these characters. (laughs) Well said. Well said. (laughs) Fair enough. Speaking of getting banged, Rico's about to get banged by his math score because uh, <laughs> they, they go to check their, their math final and Carmen is very excited about this because she wants to join the fleet and you need a high math score for that and she gets a 97, so good job, Carmen. But Rico, Rico gets a 35 and Carl, played by Neil Patrick Harris, is like, oh, hey, that's great. And he makes it really big on the screen so everyone can have a nice laugh at uh, Rico. Yeah, and so at first I was like, dude, dick move, but then, well, if everything in society is about force and imposing yourself over others, yeah, this is perfectly acceptable behavior. No wonder they post grades publicly in the first place. (laughs) So just to be clear, Neil Patrick Harris humiliates Rico in front of everyone, Mm -hmm. so they're not friends, right? On the contrary, because of his boldness of showing a force, they are apparently the super bestest of friends. They bond over dick moves. Okay, I got it. Basically, yeah. If you know what I mean. (laughs) If you grew up in South Africa like I did, uh, most friendships there were based off of dick moves. That's this, This tracks from my lived experience. And just teenagers are horrible, so they got that right. Also, the way that Neil Patrick Harris has just like the smirk on his face and just the little comments he makes and the way he's shot, it's like, oh, this is our movie villain right here. Exactly. Yeah, it's very much so. Especially how they dress him up later. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. But yeah, it's 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 just um, 
an element that I think we have to bring into our friendships is that as soon as any of us go through any failures, we need to post it to absolutely everyone so that, you know, we can get closer. Yeah, exactly. Nick, you haven't been posting? So Neil Patrick Harris, like right after embarrassing him in front of the entire school, is like, oh, hey, BT Dubs, uh, have you Carmen banged yet? You should really get on that. Because, um, you know, Dizzy, this other gal, Dizzy's into you. I mean, you don't think you're shooting a little too high with Carmen there, do you? Because, uh, I mean, you kind of got a line waiting here, buddy. <laughs> so uh, just to move on, this uh, attractive, straight white guy has two gorgeous women interested in him. At least. And is getting low grades. Mm-hmm and is still thriving at this school, right? So still absolutely no reason to like this guy. Oh, don't worry, Jules. It gets better. You're about to find out he's rich, too. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this. He never speaks French. <laughs> sure, that would be the final nail, wouldn't it? <laughs> he is at least not Matt Brody. No, he is not Matt Brody. <laughs> Apparently, despite the fact that their math scores are in, they still have a biology lab they need to go to. Yeah, I never understood that. They're getting the scores of their finals, but they still have classes. Yeah, the timeline of this movie is bonkers and all over the place, and I will point out some more at some point. But yeah, this is just the first instance of this movie existing on a very bizarre space-time continuum. And to emphasize the fact that he is a very likable character, he is casually dissecting a bug, throwing organs left, right, and center like it it doesn't matter. This is a sociopath. It doesn't matter. Their final scores are already posted. What the fuck does he care? (laughs) When I come across a dead animal, I know I casually throw the organs into your hands and ask you to hold it while I hold my beer. (laughs) Well, yeah, because we're lab partners and we're there for each other. (laughs) But yeah, Rico is just dissecting through this insect like there's like he's uh, like he's really really interested and has absolutely no feeling whatsoever oh yeah he's not grossed out by it oh i would have scared the hell out of you if you knew me in high school because when we did the dissections i was excited i was interested and like oh this is what this looks like and da 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 da. we did a cat and mine had fleas Ugh. And so the teacher was like, oh, hey, when you get to the intestines, there's probably tapeworms. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, let's get to the intestines. Let's find those tapeworms. Oh, oh yeah. God. Grew up to do special effects. So, hey. <laughs> By the way, listener, when we say uh, bugs, we mean giant space bugs, not like your average cockroach. Like these are massive things. Uh, he's paired up with Carmen, who is not having a good time. Uh, and it's very interesting because Rico is, like, not phased by this at all, just yanking guts out. And at another table, Dizzy Diz is also yanking guts out. So they they got something in common. They, they're both gut yankers. And here I thought my first date ideas were real original. <laughs> I will say that I never tried to find a connection with someone else in the dissection <laughs> Get yourself a lady who isn't afraid to yank some intestines out. Especially with some of the way those organs are flopping around, if you know what I mean. Mm. It's a very phallic stomach, I have to say. It was a very phallic stomach that he pulled out. There's a lot of pointy guts in these bugs. Yeah, weirdly pointy organs. Also, why is the professor blind? Because clearly got acid thrown on her face at some point. Like, there's burn scars behind those sunglasses. But I love the concept that part of dissection is 
like how well and how cleanly you're able to do this. Like, can you remove things intact? And yes, you have a blind teacher to assess your work. But you can't enforce lab safety if you can't see what the fuck people are doing. Like, it's insane. Exactly. That's part of why I love this movie so much. Because it's like, who the fuck would have actually thought to put this in a movie? <laughs> <laughs> but we also get a little more philosophizing because she's like kind of waxing poetic about the bugs. How we like to think we're superior species as humans. But, you know, these bugs have been able to colonize other planets and they have a hive mind. By launching rocks at them. These bugs have no... Absolutely no type of technology whatsoever. And by hurling their spore into space. To to provide the propulsion, yeah. Exactly. And my note for this is now that's the ultimate way to abandon children. <laughs> so cut to Neil Patrick Harris's room where he's trying to see if Rico has psychic powers. Spoiler alert, no, he does not. This psychic experiment doesn't feel right because Vankman isn't hitting on a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I, I merely had the lack of electric shocks being employed but yeah that too there's not nearly enough flirting yeah he's trying to get him to guess what digital playing card he has on the screen it's yeah there's a screen that neil patrick harris is looking at and it shows like say the ace of diamonds and then a different card that's face down you see the back of it and I don't get the sense that Johnny Rico knows about the Ace of Diamonds in the first place, and he's trying to guess what the other card is? A anyway, MPH is very disappointed in him because, based on probability, you should have gotten at least one, and I'm guessing probably not. I don't know how long they've been at this, but there's a lot of crazy-ass probabilities when it comes to a deck of cards. <laughs> exactly. And this is not developing their relationship whatsoever. I still don't understand why these two are in the same room together. Yeah, the whole reason it's here is to demonstrate that apparently NPH is psychic and can plant notions into his pet ferret's mind. Yes. The ferret runs out of its little, you know, jungle gym tube thing and gets on the computer and fucks everything up. And so what he says is, go bug mom. And it runs off, and, and Johnny Rico, hey, how'd you do that? He's like, I implanted the suggestion that there's a grub running up her leg, and he should really go eat it. And yeah, we hear his mom screaming at some point, and Rico's like, hey man, you better not try to pull that shit with me. And Neil Patrick Harris is like, no, no, relax, I can't do this with humans. Yet. Pin him that shit. Okay, again, villain of the movie because like, it punches <laughs> in on the yet. Obvious bad guy right there. Yeah, if the psycho strings played after that line, they would not have been out of place. So now we're at the weirdest game of football ever. Uh, and this weirdest game of football ever er, is brought to you by Oakley. Also, the dissection scene was brought to you by Oakley. All their safety <laughs> glasses were like the big Oakley... <laughs> glasses <laughs> they somehow managed to make american football look even more ridiculous <laughs> so true. yes oh god there's no posts for field goals it's inside the field is tiny to make rico even more unlikable he is the star player on the team you know it, it, it's just every step they go through this character makes him the most unlikable and hated kind of person that you could come across in your life um yeah not only is he the star of his team he does like flips and shit in the middle of the game and not like to get over a pile like to evade tackles <laughs> 
yeah, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon saw these moments and was like, "Hey, man, you need to calm down. This is this is over the top." <laughs> oh, this is this is Power Rangers kind of shit, especially with the sound effects <laughs> and the other team's gray outfits. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is where we meet Xander, uh, his his rival, uh, who's forty two. Seriously, this dude and Casper Van Dien are the same age, and he looks at least ten years his senior. And he's the putty that um, Rico's girlfriend chats up for no reason. Yes. Because his dive tackle was evaded with the power of a somersault with a half twist. Great cocktail, by the way. <laughs> Take your word for it. But is this okay? I'm I I really don't understand this character. Me neither. Are these supposed to be the school teams? Because very soon our little trio talking about how they're going to go and sign up. And we know that he's heading into it as well. But later, he's an instructor already? But is he playing on the school team? This Like, nothing fucking syncs up. Oh, no. This this is part of my time does not make sense in this movie. Because, yeah, he's going to the academy tomorrow. By the way, Carmen really likes the fact that he's going to the academy because that's what she wants to do. He goes to a different school. What is he doing after the game? He's going to the dance. Yeah, the dance. (laughs) Yeah. Why is he going to the dance when he's not part of that school? Well, anyways, Rico does not like Xander talking to his girlfriend. And he's like, hey, man, all's fair in love and war. Absolutely pummels through Rico to get a touchdown. Diz has to smack Rico on the head because he's not paying attention. He's like, yo, fucking focus, asshole. Because the other guy's continuing to chat with his girlfriend, right? I know. He just goes to the sideline in the middle of the game. He's like, so yeah, I'm going to go to the Fleet Academy tomorrow. And, you know, I might be able to, you know, like, that's, I feel like that's what the conversation that's happening. We don't hear it. But, yeah, he looks like an absolute douchebag. I mean, the director understands the teenagers are assholes, but we need someone to root for, damn it. Maybe you do, Mr. I have standards in my films. <laughs> yeah, I'm rooting for killing bugs. I don't give a fuck who does it. <laughs> I'm rooting for an alien invasion at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So Diz tells him to focus, and despite not having heard the play, he just says, just throw me the ball, Diz. Whatever, this works. He manages to get a touchdown despite Xander tackling him. So yay, they win. Go team. And so, yeah, as as Jules alluded to, uh, Rico is also rich. We're now at his house where he's getting into, like, a very fancy tux. Jules didn't allude to that. That was me telling him how he'd hate him more. Sorry, John. (laughs) This is where I drew the line. I mean, he's rich. That's just the final cherry on the parfait. (laughs) Hey, ain't nobody hating on parfait. So his dad comes in. Uh, he's kind of pissed. I have his dad down as Discount Alan Alda. Okay. Yeah. You know, like if you left Alan Alda in the oven too long and he kind of melted a bit, <laughs> it would be this guy. But the heat bleached his hair out a tad too, yeah. Yes, that is also a thing that he has done to Alan Alda to make this dad. <laughs> so yeah, his dad brings in a federal service brochure and he's like, yo, what the fuck is this? He's not happy about it. Hey, this is a hefty brochure if it's a brochure. I thought it was more of like a, 
application packet sort of deal. Maybe his application packet's in there as well, but it's definitely, you know, what's going to happen in federal service. Mom's not happy about it either because people get killed in the service. And he's like, hey, guys, relax. I'm, I'm just going to do a term of service. I'm not going to make a career out of it. I just want to see the galaxy. But yeah, th- this is where, again, the themes get sort of mixed up because these parents, especially evil rich dad, is supposed to be an asshole. And he's starting to make very poignant points about there should be a law against recruiting school children. Y- you don't know what the movie's trying to do. And this is just one of those moments. Yeah, I, I get we don't see enough of the society at large. Because if they're so against it, I get the sense that they did not go through federal service, which means they're just civilians. So what does that mean for them? What is their function in this society even? How are they so wealthy and powerful? Yeah. Yeah. Wealthy and powerful enough because he's like, no, you're not going to join the federal service. You're going to go to Harvard. And my note here is not with a 35% in math, he's not. (laughs) Yeah, Nick, but money. Yes. I sorry. I forgot about money. (laughs) Not only is he going to Harvard, you are going on vacation, young man. Like, what a threat! <laughs> well, not, not a threat. It's like his compromise. It's like, okay, okay, look, look. I get it. You want to see the galaxy, you know. Look, I'm going to take you to Space Cancun, and it's going to be great. <laughs> and Rico's like, hey, I've always wanted to go to Space Cancun. He's like, great, that settles it. We'll go to Space Cancun. We'll forget about this Federal Service shit. Cheers. We'll talk about this after the dance. Finish putting your tux on. Yes. We're at the dance now, uh, and my God... What this movie thinks future music is is fucking hilarious. This is just some like <laughs> total bullshit, and I'm here for it. Someone from the 1920s thinks music is gonna end up like this. <laughs> you heard about this new thing called electricity? They'll be making music out of it next thing you know, I tell you. <laughs> I've heard rumors of this thing called the theremin. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> and We're at this dance, and already some of these people are in fucking uniform. Xander being one of them. Yeah, Xander being one of them, as we'll see in a bit. Yeah, it's like, hey, you said you're going to the academy. Like, that's presumably where you get your uniform. What is time? Yes, exactly. I don't, I don't get it. His character does not make sense. He does not. But before we get there, uh, Carmen fucks off, leaves Rico for a second, and then Diz, uh, they start dancing together. She's like, hey, Johnny, why did we never get together? Immediately friends on there. He's like, let's just be friends. And also, I really want to go talk to Michael Ironside. Yeah, cool. Later. And then, oh my God, Neil Patrick Harris comes in in full Barney Stinson mode. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> so great. To like dance up on her, creepily dance up on her, and she's like, okay. Villain of the movie, and she's just, oh, ain't got nothing else at the moment, I guess. <laughs> she just resigns herself to this fate. Poor Dizzy. Ah, uh, poor Dizzy. God, my favorite character of the movie. And so, yeah, as you're saying, like, uh, Rico sees Michael Ironside, goes up to him, he's like, hey, I really want to do federal service, but my parents say no. What do you think I should do? You know, making up your own mind is the only freedom we really have. So do that. And my note here is, good chat, Michael Ironside. That's really fucking profound. Really profound, my guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so deep. So deep, Michael Ironside. Oh, like, if you decide not to choose, you still have made a choice, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's... 
Yeah, so now we're with Carmen and Xander talking, and Xander's in his fucking uniform already because time is just, you know, a fucking construct in this goddamn movie. <laughs> I, I just realized this now. Carmen asked him at the game, what are you doing after the, you know, the game? Like, it is established at the game that the dance is after the game. The game happened at night. Did it? Yes, it did. Okay, I missed the fact that the game was at night, but yes, the stuff with the parents was definitely during the day, and it is now nighttime. <laughs> But the thing with the parents can't be before the game because he was getting his tux on to go to the dance. <laughs> right. What is time in this movie? It's fucking wild. <laughs> it was like the idea that the next scene that was cut was him going to preschool at, at the exact same age. <laughs> <laughs> it would follow the rules of the movie. Uh, yeah, so he basically, you know, gets Carmen from Xander to go dance. And she's like, Johnny Rico, you're not jealous, are you? And he's like, yeah, I'm kind of jealous, but there's nothing to be jealous about. I promise. Well, you keep flirting with other guys, like openly. Especially this one guy. Yeah, but it's so hard to read because she always has the same expression. Oh, true, true, true. Barbie's smile is very much implanted on her face. Oh, my time. God. Yeah. There are so many teeth in this movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> a lot of teeth. A lot of fucking teeth. And we haven't even gotten to the Busey yet. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. There, There is Busey teeth coming up, mm-hmm. folks. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. They're kissing on the dance floor. And then again, because Neil Patrick Harris continues to be a dick, he's like, hey, hey, break it up to you two. You know, time and a place for this. And it's like. I know I've been telling you guys to hook up and go fuck, but just not in public, please. Yeah, not in front of Diz. Look how upset she looks. <laughs> Show them. Show them how upset you are, Diz. We get a big face full of upset Diz after they say, you know, Neil Patrick Harris turns away. Dizzing all over your face. Oh, man. Well, dizzing all over the place aside, uh, Rico tells Carb <laughs> that he's going to join up. He's made his decision. Um, and she's like, cool, yeah, me and Carl are going to go sign up tomorrow, so we should all go together. And then she whispers in his ear in the most seductive way that Denise Richards knows how, her dad isn't going to be home tonight, which either means that her mom's dead or the mom's there and she's going to watch. Just stay. There, there's options. And making out ensues. So dance is over. We're at the recruitment center. And oh my God, this oath of enlistment. I swear that I will do my service, you know, for the two years that are required, you know, or as long as may be required by the needs of the Federation. They might as well just add to the end of it. I don't know. We'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't have been out of place. So apparently in this future with computers built into the desk in the classroom, you still have to submit physical paperwork when you enlist in the military. <laughs> Naturally, yeah. Yeah, there's, they, they go up to this like clerk to submit their paperwork and he's like, ah, fresh meat for the grinder, which uh, it's not a good sign. Carmen's like, I'm going to be a pilot. And Neil Patrick Harris is like, I'm going to be games and theory. Oh, military intelligence. What? He had something else in mind, which I don't remember exactly what they said, but it was basically going to be what I thought was Intel. And he got games and theory, which is apparently just so much better. But it's just military intelligence. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. 
Anyways, doesn't make sense. And then he's like, hey, Rico, so what are you... Well, not hey, Rico, but like, how about you, young man? What are you going to be? And he's like, I'm going to be mobile infantry. And he's like, good for you. Mobile infantry made me the man I am today. I suck at math also. Yeah, I suck at math too. <laughs> and he's got one arm missing with that's being replaced by a robotic arm. And he pushes his roller chair back and you see that he's missing his legs. And this does not cause second thoughts whatsoever. I mean, he signed the paperwork already. He's fucked. I mean, how dumb does this dystopian propaganda, you know, join military service have to be to put the guy who's missing limbs signing people up at the desk? <laughs> also, they can give him a robotic arm, but they can't give him robotic legs. What bullshit future is this? The same from Avatar, where they can create these giant mechs, but apparently a guy in a wheelchair can't get fake legs. That is a great point. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> so outside, Carbon is like, hey, we should make a promise. Okay, real quick. He has to run to catch up with Carmen and Neil Patrick Harris because they're just leaving him? They're just walking away laughing at some joke that I guess just got told. Well, this is establishing like the, the classes in the military because it's military intelligence first, and then it's fleet, and then it's and then it's mobile infantry. So he's just a fucking grunt now. So instantly they've handed in their paperwork and they're literally leaving him behind already. Yes. Good soldier always leaves a man behind. And so that's why Carmen decides they should make a pact to be friends forever. And then our villain of the movie movie is like i guess so i mean there's a good chance none of us are ever gonna see each other again but sure oh so sarcastic my note here is these three are friends <laughs> and bfs they got a three-way necklace that they have they can put together <laughs> So anyways, back at uh, Rico's parents' house, discount Alan Alda is pissed and tells him to resign. He's like, no, I'm going to be a citizen. It's my choice. You're not my real dad. (laughs) (laughs) Serious, you're not my real dad vibes going here. Serious, you're not my real dad vibes. I'm going to go live with Mr. Ironside. (laughs) (laughs) He lets me stay up and eat cereal. (laughs) (laughs) Like the big 30-year-old I am. (laughs) Yes. And his mom basically calls him out for only joining up because he wants to impress Carmen and he doesn't like being called out like that. So he walks off in a huff. So now we're in an airport, a space port, a aerospace port. Like where where the fuck are we? We're, we're in some sort of port. It just doesn't matter. Time is meaningless. Location is meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff, locations, move on. <laughs> yeah. I say would have blown his brains out trying to make sense of this fucking movie. <laughs> and so Carmen arrives late and Rico's like, yeah, my parents kicked me out, so I'm wearing everything I own. And she's like, cool, cool, cool. Uh, anyways, gotta go. They tell each other that they'll miss the other. And then Rico says, I love you. And she doesn't say it back. And so he's like, hey, just say it once, you know, try it on for size. But my smile, isn't that enough? It's the only thing I know how to do. and considering this is Denise Richards not well not well at all (laughs) it's it is a bit off-putting I must say so bad like this whole scene I'm just like like it really like really these like deep emotional moments it really just underscores how bad of an actress (laughs) Denise Richards is it's just god so unfortunate now I'll tell you what's unfortunate is she wound up in a Bond movie, and we're expected to believe she's a nuclear physicist. <laughs> Seriously? No. I thought Christmas only comes once a year. Oh, <laughs> so bad. So fucking bad. 
Anyway, she says, write me as she gets in like her little like train to take her to her spaceship or airplane or landing boat craft. Who the fuck knows where we are? So now we get another propaganda video. And it's yeah, we're talking earlier about uh, more kids holding guns and shit. Yeah, there's these two soldiers letting a bunch of kids just hold their guns and they like handing out bullets to them. (laughs) And the kids are like, yay. Yeah, like it's bits of candy. (laughs) And you get a five, five, six round and you get a five, five, six round. Oprah just got awesome. Everybody gets a five round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now there's a promotion for like asking if you're psychic, you know, because maybe you are. Like a third eye appears. Come join the federal study. Oh, unfortunately, this is the only appearance of Timothy Odmanson in this movie. <laughs> it's heartbreaking, isn't it? But I love the logic. If you think you're psychic, you just might be. What? This is very California. <laughs> Guys, we we live in Southern California. We could absolutely fucking start a cult on as flimsy a premise as that. I promise you. Speaking of cults, the Mormons are attacked by the arachnids, right? Yes! <laughs> yes! Despite warnings, a group of Mormons went into the arachnid exclusion zone to set up Camp Joseph Smith or Fort Joseph Smith. And we just see, like, footage of their shredded bodies all over this outpost. Just dismembered bodies. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I feel like this is the sequel we needed. Mormons in space! (laughs) But The Expanse also does Mormons in space. What is it with sci-fi and Mormons in space? I mean, like, look, if there's ever a group of people that would fly into space and try and convince arachnid-style aliens to join their religion, it is the Mormons, but... (laughs) Oh, no, it's Scientology. Come on, it's, it's in the book. They, they would fight each other, don't get me wrong. There'd be some epic Scientology versus Mormons laser duels in space. That is the movie we need. So cut to a mobile infantry trading base where Clancy motherfucking Brown, Clancy Mr. Krabs himself, he's, you know, like, yo, maggots, blah, blah, blah. Apes. They're apes. They are apes. Most of you will not live to serve in the mobile infantry, and I feel like if that's the case, your training program sucks. Like, you really <laughs> need to revamp it so more of them live through it. And yet it's an issue when one of them dies. Very strange. Yeah, very weird. Well, I mean, I, as he rants, it's it's more of that you'll probably wash out rather than you're literally going to die here. <laughs> you know, he's doing the whole hands by your side, chin up, and, you know, oh, you laughing at me, cadet, you better go run. And then as the guy's running for his punishment, he gets another chill instructor to run with him just to beat him with a baton. It's great. It's <laughs> 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 oh, great. Um, you know, tells them they can't hack it, they can quit and go down. Wash out lane. And then asks who thinks could beat him up. And there's some <laughs> big dumb farm boy who believes he's up for the challenge. And he gets his arm fucking snapped. Yes, he is very wrong. But then Diz shows up. And she not only has joined the mobile infantry, she requested to be sent to this training facility not because she wants Johnny Rico's dick, but because she heard it was the best. Which is a lie. It's it's for dick. 
and she thinks she can take on Clancy Brown. Yeah, and so Clancy Brown's like, yeah, so what makes you think you can hack it? And she takes off her jacket and assumes a fighting stance, and everyone is super fucking impressed by this. Well, considering that farm boy got his arm snapped without getting any shots in, not only does she block Clancy Brown's first swing, she manages to punch him in the face, but she gets kicked down and... uh... And he kneels on her neck till she passes out. She's got big-ass bruises in the following scenes. Yep. So now we're in the chow hall, and we're supposed to believe that this food looks bad? Like, this food looks fucking tasty for a chow hall, to be honest. The only thing that's gross is, like, the pink slop stuff. You have, like, steak and shit, but, like, you, your dessert sucks a little bit. But this is the moment where we get the beauty. Oh, yeah. Yes, Jake Busey is cutting in line. (laughs) And Rico's not having that shit. This is so fucking nuts. The fact that Johnny Rico just said anything to him about him cutting in the line. He's like, I like you. You're going to be, we're going to be friends. And Johnny's like, cool, we'll be friends. (laughs) This movie does not understand how friendship works. (laughs) It just doesn't. There's a lot this movie doesn't understand. <laughs> but here's the thing. Johnny Rico doesn't get him to get out of line. No, it's fucking no, Farm doesn't. Boy with his broken ass arm, like, pushes him to the back of the line. Exactly. So Diz wants to sit down and eat, eat with Rico, and Rico's like, no, like, you, you just joined up because of me. And, and she's like, what, you, you really think I joined up because of you? And he's like, yeah, look me in the face and tell me you didn't do it. She just doesn't answer. She walks off. So obviously she did. And then Busey arrives. Hey, new best friend. It's so good. <laughs> Jake Busey sitting down and going, hi, is my everything. I know. That is <laughs> the love story I wanted. If there had been a love story at this point between Busey and Rico, I would have fallen in love with this movie. I think there is. And just Rico doesn't recognize it. I think you're right. <laughs> we'll touch back on it when he's FaceTiming Carmen. Yes, we will. Yeah. This is the gay romantic comedy we needed. So now we're out of the obstacle course and Rico and Jake Busey are like, you know, trading barbs back and forth about who's going to be squad leader. But uh, Diz kicks them off into some mud. So it's it should probably be her, right? Mm-hmm. Was Diz on a different course? <laughs> because we follow them for a while and they swing on some or, or they're about to swing on some ropes, I believe. And then she zipline attacks them. Where the fuck did the zipline come from? Uh, it was always there, and the smart people took the zipline and not whatever bullshit they did. Exactly. I think that's the idea. All right. Good enough. So now we're on a throwing knife range, and Jake Busey sucks at knife throwing, and he's like, hey, Clancy Brown, why the fuck are we doing this? Like, we have nukes. Good point. I love that line. Who needs a knife in a nuke fight? That is a bumper sticker that Nick needs on his car, like, right now. (laughs) I need that. I need the t-shirt. I need the mug. I need all the merch with that on it. Clancy Brown corrects by telling him to put his hand on the wall behind him and immediately throws one of the throwing knives and pegs his hand into the wall into the worst prosthetic hand I have seen in a movie in a long ass time. <laughs> like, did it immediately get infected and swollen? Like, what the fuck is this? And the reason Clancy Brown does this is to make the point that, hey, the enemy can't push the nuke button if you disable his hand. Because in nuke fights, you often get close enough to the enemy to where they're pushing the button. 
Codswallop, if you ask me. Exactly. Thank you, Hagrid. There's that. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was like one world government. So who is the enemy who has hands that you would be preventing from nuking you? The bugs and their technology to launch rocks at you. <laughs> yeah. That's their primary enemy. I dare you to fucking throw a knife at one of these giant bugs and just see what happens. The worst you will do is have it die laughing at you. Uh, so now, speaking of shower scenes that embarrass Casper Van Dien's kids, we are now at the infamous co-ed shower scene. There's a lot of tits and ass in this. It's so inclusive, though. That's the thing. It's it's so sort of teamwork and the whole communal showers. This is, this is sort of military future. And the thing is, though, is it's not dystopian. This feels like this honest bonding moment that would happen in a futuristic accepting society where everyone's allowed into the military and everyone has dreams that are interesting and profound. The, again, this is another moment where the movie clashes with its own theme. Yeah, I get you. Right. I get you. By the way, fun fact about the filming of this scene. So the only crew members that were allowed in there were obviously the director and the cameraman, like the, the cinematographer. And so the cast, in order to be more comfortable, they asked those two to strip down with them. <laughs> and they did. So Paul Verhoeven filmed this scene naked with the cast. Oh my God, that, that makes me so happy. <laughs> Also, Paul Verhoeven's Dutch, and they give zero fucks about things like that. So yeah, uh, one of the guys like going around asking, being like, man, this fucking sucks. Like, why'd y'all even join up? Farm boy who got his arm snapped hated being a farmer, so apparently being in the mobile infantry, getting your arm snapped is like relatively a picnic. Apparently so, yep. One lady wants to go into politics, and you gotta be a citizen to go into politics. Another guy's using his service to pay his way through Harvard. Pin in this motherfucker, <laughs> because I have comments on him later. There is a bit of dystopia in this shower scene, though. Which is? The lady who's in the military because she wants to have kids, and it's easier to get a license? Yeah, that that was a, a little bit of it. I'm sorry, you guys are not pro-breeding license? I am pro-breeding license. I, I, I heard this, and I was like, yes. There's some motherfuckers out there who should not be breeding. <laughs> no, I get it. It's kind of like, fuck, we'll just let anyone breed. But at the same time, it, it becomes very problematic as soon as who gets to decide who gets to and who doesn't. That It very quickly becomes very problematic. So unfortunately, we have to let everyone. No, we don't. When I am dictator of the Federation, I will be deciding who gets a breeding license. <gasps> the, the question is, though, are we three going to still be friends? That's what really matters, Nick. It depends on your guy's ability to psychically command ferrets. That will determine <laughs> our friendship going forward. Well, how about if I just reverse out of a parking space? I see where you're going with that. Definitely a pro. I do like friends who can back out of a parking space, but we'll get there. Anyways, Jake Busey's answer is he's going career. He's going to be an officer all the way. He's going to be fucking, you know, Sky future Sky Marshal. And then Rico comes in. Uh, he gets into the shower and it's like, hey, Rico, what about you? And he's like, fuck off. Mind your business. Yeah. What the fuck's it your business? Why I'm here. And he's like, dude, I'm going to be a writer. I got to have stuff to write about. And we're all just bonding here, man. And Diz continues to be awesome. She comes in and he's like, hey, Diz, you knew him back in Buenos Aires. Why is he here? And she's like, he's here for a girl. And they're like, ooh. <laughs> and Rico leaves. He gets his butt smacked. <laughs> By the politics the lady. politics lady. Locker room shit. This is so much bonding. 
Um, so now we're in the barracks, and the squad is doing squad in a barracks stuff. <laughs> a bedside dips competition going on. Busey's got a violin. <laughs> you know, just typical barracks stuff. At some point in these scenes, like there will sometimes be a pool table and sometimes not be a pool table <laughs> in the barracks. It, it's variable. It's a Murphy pool table. <laughs> it's a Murphy pool table. <laughs> It's also apparently a Murphy gun rack as well. Sometimes there's guns in the barracks, sometimes there's not. Yeah, so we get a POV of Rico in big fucking quotes writing Carmen. <laughs> He's making her a fucking video message about, oh, you know, boot camp's tough, and sometimes I don't know if I'm going to make it. And in those moments, I think of you. And the entire barracks cannot help themselves for trying to get into this video. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're interrupting. They're making comments. They're pulling their asses out and slapping them. It's, yeah. And it's where the love story continues because, again, Busey's got that violin that he's working for Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) We got our Busey violinist. And so we pull out and we see Carmen watching this on the other side of space. And then Amy fucking smart walks in. She has like three lines in this movie. Grabs her her sea bag with all her stuff, and she's like, "Hey, first one to the shuttle gets to fly." And there's this, you know, giggly running. Yeah, I'm sure that's not completely against the fucking rules on a military installation in space, but okay. Apparently, it's designed the same way as you know, five year olds first to the creek gets to. I don't know. <laughs> well, exactly because Denise Richards wins the race by sliding down the handrail, like. Like she is on a slide. Five-year-old girls do this. She is like a five-year-old on a slide. Yeah. And then these two dudes who are Latino saying, oh shit, Ibanez, she's crazy. Our first actual Argentinians. Potentially real Argentinians get on this fucking shuttle. (laughs) And they're like, oh fuck, crazy white girls driving. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy white girl with a Latino last name is flying. (laughs) And then we get to watch Carmen fly this thing, like doing the Death Star trench run through a space station. And she has the same stupid smile on her face throughout this entire sequence. I know. She doesn't react to anything. The entire movie up to this point, she has had this same expression. I love him, but is the director not saying just anything else? All this incredible stuff's happening around you. Anything else. And everyone else is reacting. The two Latino guys are worried for their goddamn lives. They are shitting themselves. Amy Smart's a bit still upset she's not flying. She's a little bit worried. And Denise Richards is... She's there. She's driving. Yeah. I will say this. Paul Verhoeven eventually said, in retrospect, I should have cast for acting ability and not for looks. (laughs) Did he legitimately say that? If Wikipedia is not lying to me, then that is something he said. Okay, fair enough. He'll make mistakes. It's all right. It happens. Yeah. So speaking of Denise Richards' fucking grin, um, Amy Smart looks at her and is like, hey, why are you so happy? She is saying, hey, why aren't you giving me any sort of acting ability to react to? (laughs) This was not in the script. This was just, stop being so damn happy. Yarp. Give me something. (laughs) We're supposed to be sitting here like we're worried about your behavior and you're giving us like all of the wild mannerisms of piloting It's a Small World. (laughs) 
with the same plastic expression as the figurines. So that that tracks. Yeah, yeah. If anything, she can fly casual. So there is that. <laughs> well, anyways, the reason why she's so happy is because she gets to fly this big ass space cruiser that we see out the window. So now we're on the bridge of said space cruiser, and she checks in with the captain. So the captain tells her to take the number two chair, and what do you know? Xander's there! Now it looks like he's 45. And he's already an instructor because... Right! He shipped out the day she signed up. What in the motherfuck? Time makes no sense. And then if she does poorly, he loses his ability to fly. Yes, uh, he is responsible for her as she flies the spaceship out. Uh, by the way, we also learned that he specifically requested to be her instructor. Not creepy at all. Not trying to bang her. Definitely a normal thing. And I love how being an instructor involves absolutely nothing except talking in the vague direction of her while she's flying this giant, expensive, multi-million dollar machine. <laughs> you would have thought he'd have like a pedal on his side or... <laughs> Something to stop her. Because <laughs> she almost destroys it. Yes, she does. Oh, man. Every time I watch this sequence, I just imagine her colliding with the side of the space she's backing out of. <laughs> and there's this, like, computer voice relaying how close she is to impact. Five meters, three meters, and Captain and everyone else is just sitting there, mildly worried. Exactly! Nobody's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Reckless. And she at least gives us a diminished smile. So we know shit just got real. <laughs> I think this was the point where the director was just like, god damn it, stop smiling. <laughs> Has she cashed the check yet? Has she cashed the check? Can we take care of this? <laughs> oh, and also this is where she loses her flight status because she didn't follow the proper protocols for exiting a dock. She also like waited until the very last second to disconnect the hoses to the dock. Yeah, she washes out. She goes home. She dies in the asteroid crashing. It was a really weird direction that the movie took. Um, I have that as best possible ending. Uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about, but Denise Richards dies in a meteor strike. Um, we get someone competent in the world is not enough. Awesome. <laughs> also, the computer graphics on these computer screens are fucking awful. Like, wow, this was the they were made in MS Paint. Dude, Deep Blue Sea had better graphics than this. <laughs> For fucking real, they did. Oh, my God. And so, yeah, they're getting ready to warp. It's the weirdest fucking countdown. Yes, because the countdown ends with ready, steady, go. Yeah, five, four, ready, steady, go. What? <laughs> Less coherence than an elementary school track meet. Like, good God. This is less coherent than an elementary school band performance. <laughs> <laughs> Back at the mobile infantry training base, the squad is playing extreme laser tag that is designed to hurt you when you get shot. Like your chest ring shocks you. You're fucking playing laser tag. When I was a teenager, this sounded this looked really cool, and I really wanted to do it with friends. Oh yeah. My favorite part about this though is the is the Rico flip. We will talk about the Rico flip. That, that, that is coming. But I do have to mention this before we do. This movie, especially in this moment, 
legitimately tacticals worse than fucking Resident Evil. <laughs> Good God. Just the tactical movement. It's like you gave drunk toddlers guns and told them to run around in a ring. It's just fucking awful. In fairness, these are trainees playing laser tag. Resident Evil was supposed to be highly trained operatives infiltrating a secret lab. <laughs> All right, fair enough. It's still pretty bad. I feel like regular army trainees would tactical just a little bit better than this. Yeah, well, this is a scenario where entry-level acrobatics are a viable skill. Yeah, football is a viable skill. No, not football. Well, I mean, football in this version of the world. No, Johnny Rico is like, oh, we're going to do that same play. And then he like vaults and somersaults off of a platform with his little half twist to land in front. In front. And everyone is so amazed. They just don't shoot him. And he takes out like three or four people. And they're just like, ah, you got us. You're awesome at flips. As opposed to sneaking up behind them and shooting them where they wouldn't be able to shoot him, he decides to flip in front of them. Tactical. <laughs> so my note here is he instantly gets shot and gets thrown out for being incompetent. Yes. I'm sorry, you're speaking about a world that makes sense. What actually happens in the movie is he takes one of their guns and proceeds to eliminate all of the opposing forces by dual-wielding laser guns? Yes, he does that. Takes out Jake Busey's team. Power of protagonist moves, right? Definitely. Yeah. There's kids nearby looking at the Nimbus 2000. Absolutely. <laughs> it's fastest model yet. Damn right. <laughs> so they're playing capture the flag, but they don't, apparently they don't have to take the flag back to their own base. He's just got to like get there and wave it. But I do like it because when he captures the flag and he's waving it around, it is shot so propaganda film. Yes. And then you're instantly in an office with some guys talking and you see him outside and it's just a kid waving a flag on a platform. Like it's so dumb looking <laughs> instantly after that. Well done, movie. Well done. So despite the fact that the tactical decision and leadership was shown by Diz, Clancy Brown makes Rico squad leader because he flips good. Does some damn good flips. <laughs> and this is why Dizzy earns less than Rico. What's wrong with this? That's how she got her name. She doesn't do flips well. It gives her vertigo. <laughs> but again, I don't think this is to do with sexism. I think this is just to do with protagonist syndrome and sort of key character syndrome because the reverse happens with Carmen later on. It is purely because main characters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But Diz still should have gotten squad leader. Anyways, cut to the barracks where Rico is polishing his squad leader badge, uh, an actual badge. Not this is not a euphemism. And he tells Diz that he couldn't have done it without her. So now they're cool. And Jake Busey's going to teach everyone how to work a shaft. I mean, play pool. Sorry. <clears throat> ah, yes, 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 yes. The Murphy pool table has been taken out. And so despite the fact that we live in a world of interstellar travel and electronic communication, there's still physical mail call to get your little mini disc. <laughs> yeah, so Rico puts his super high-tech mini disc into a console, and what do you know, it's Carmen dressed very inappropriately for what she's about to say. <laughs> I love this so much. This Dear John video is my everything. 
Yes, because she's in a black tank top and like black sweatpants, looking kind of sexy, showing a little midriff. Super excited, like, oh my God, it's so beautiful out here. Look at the space, and I'm loving it out here. <laughs> That's the thing, Johnny. I think I'm going to go career, so that doesn't leave any room for you and I. But let's still be friends, Kay. <laughs> exactly. It's basically, she awkwardly moves in front of a viewport of space and basically says, and that's why we can't be together, but I hope we can be friends with a lot of space between us. Eh? Eh? <laughs> Fuck you. Pun suck. <laughs> I can't tell, honestly, though, if it's if it's the acting or just what she had to say. I'm sorry, what acting? <laughs> I'm just going to lean casually on this thing to uh, break up with you. It's so beautifully <laughs> awkward. Yeah, so she says, write me so I know we'll always be friends. And Jake Busey comes up and he's like, Funny how they still want to be friends after they rip your guts out. I swear, the Rico Busey love story is what I need. Seriously, it is official Millennial Rewind canon that Busey is totally there to completely console him and tend to his every need. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, if we were writing this movie, they would absolutely have a romantic storyline. Oh, there'd be consolation sex right then and there. Oh, yeah, with all the the spiky gel hair. All the teeth. All the teeth and all the spiky gel hair, yeah. Music in the background. <laughs> I want to know what love is. <laughs> I want you to show me. <laughs> I know you can show me. <laughs> And they're just doing it right there on the bed and like all the other pe- people are just watching like, wait, what the fuck? Are they seriously just doing that right now in front of us? I, I think they're getting into it. That's my getting their asses involved, you know, getting it on camera. <laughs> they're getting ready yeah. to send it back to uh, Carmen. You know, that's going to be the breakup video response. <laughs> Cut your message. Enjoy your empty space. We're here having a fucking orgy. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't happen unfortunately that would have been great <laughs> what actually happens is that rico's really bummed out he's like ah oh, fuck i joined up because of her and jake B's like no man you made squad leader on your own you know you just des- like you deserve to be here like you've earned your place no he didn't no he didn't dizzy should have made squad leader by being tactically competent but <laughs> yeah but protagonist slash love interest okay this is where my military nerd fucking got triggered this fucking next sequence oh my god and look we've seen a lot of like unsafe things in this world like clearly individual safety is not a priority for the federation but holy motherfucking shit this live fire assault course is goddamn unacceptable yeah turns out clancy brown wasn't bullshitting when he told them they may not live to become mobile infantry but like the people running around like you know the other squads running around doing their training around them could easily catch a a stray bullet yeah exactly it is just reckless Rico leads his squad in. It's a live fire exercise. They move in. They're shooting these like pop-up green dudes, even though their enemy would be the bugs. So you would think there would be like fake bugs they'd be shooting at. Eh, bugs weren't always the enemy and it takes time to make them. They are, we already got the molds for these, you know? Yeah. 
So Farm Boy's helmet keeps like sliding down his face and he get, keeps getting in like Diz's line of sight. And he's like, we're going to fuck up our high score. Yeah. So Rico has him take his helmet off. And then because politics lady's like shitting on Farm Boy and because she's not paying attention to the army dudes popping up, like a, a pain laser hits her. She falls down and involuntarily shoots her rifle. And because Farm Boy doesn't have his helmet on, he gets shot and dies. And Q... My biggest laugh of the movie. What is your biggest laugh of the movie? Farm Boy's head has exploded, and we have the above pulling away shot as Johnny Rico goes, Medic! (laughs) (laughs) Rico, you are relieved of squad command. Cut to... Dean Norris! Dean motherfucking Norris. (laughs) I mean, it's, I understand he was also in Total Recall so and same director, so it makes sense that they're together, but oh, that got me so happy. Hank from Breaking Bad, just, it, it was great. Yes! Yeah, so Dean Norris, he's the major of the base, and he's like, Rico, are you rated to repair the M3 tactical helmet? No, sir. What the fuck were you thinking? Having him take it off during a live fire exercise. And out the window, we see politics lady. She's in her civvies. She, she's going down walkout lane. Enrico says that he wanted to win. So just another reminder of why we should hate this fucking asshole. I, I don't get it. But he's pretty. He has a chin ass. And it's so pretty. <laughs> so Dean Norris is like, look, we've already lost two recruits over this whole incident. You know, we don't really want to lose a third. Hey, Clancy Brown, do you think you could salvage Rico? Yes, sir. All right. So in that case, we're going to do administrative punishment. Dean Norris uh, reads out the sentence, you know, for competence and blah, 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 during a live fire exercise. Rico, 10 lashes. So now we're on the bridge of the Roger Young. Uh, That is the ship that Carmen was assigned to. She's keeping watch on the bridge by herself, which seems like a great idea for a giant ship. After uh, antics getting the ship out of port, she's earned some trust, right? Well, I mean, again, time can go fuck itself, but still, the fact that there's a single crew member (laughs) up on the bridge. Well, she's not alone for very long because Xander brings her a cup of coffee and notices that, oh, she changed his course. And she's like, yeah, it's more efficient. Check it. And he tries to not check it. She's like, no, 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 but check it. And yeah, it's a better course. So ha ha ha. She's incredibly irresponsible. Yeah, I'm just going to show up and plot a new course. I'm better than you and I'm going to do everything I want on impulse. And there's no way with it we have computers that can calculate this shit and, you know, <laughs> just do it for us. Nope, because we're still filing paperwork. So they're going to be working together, Xander, yeah, getting super flirty. But then her coffee turns 45 degrees in the cup, <laughs> uh, which means there's a gravity field, apparently. Objects heading towards them, so Captain from recording, like, take evasive action. And I don't know about you guys, and like I'm not a ship designer, let alone a starship designer, but I feel like any starship that for emergency maneuvers requires you to break glass and potentially cut your wrist open is badly designed. Just going to go ahead and put that out in the world. It's a crap design. Yeah, well, shows what you know. <laughs> yeah, apparently I don't know fuck all about designing spaceships. <laughs> but they have some serious bad CGI to evade, and uh, she's going to pull it off. Well, what else would you expect to come out of a gravity well? <laughs> so let's remember, Denise Richards' very much better course led them straight into this mess. She is a fucking hazard. 
Well, their sensors didn't pick it up. How? I don't. Thank God they had that coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he saved their lives. That's what actually happened. She doesn't deserve the credit that you'll get right. off of this. It's the coffee. The coffee deserves the credit. But here's the thing. He, he gives a countdown before she can push the save our asses button. Yes, he does. Pretty steady go, of course. <laughs> what the fuck? You immediately push the save our asses button. Again, shows what you know about StarCraft maneuvers. I apparently know shit about shit. And she evades so well that they lose part of the ship. Yeah, people die. So she's already lost points for her terrible exit of the dock. She's moved on to taking an unauthorized route that led them to an asteroid that led them to evasive maneuvers that lost part of the ship. She is the worst captain in the fleet. She's instantly court-martialed, taken back home, and dies in the asteroid. No, she doesn't. She She's forced into um, recruitment. Yeah, but that smile, that hideous, disturbing smile. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Nobody gives a fuck about all the people who died. No, they don't care about the ship being damaged. No one gives a fuck about any of this. It's just a thing that happened that afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> but the captain is super impressed with Carmen's ability to push a button. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they didn't get cut while doing so. Yeah, she smashed through that glass. Uh, so in the barracks, Rico's in his civvies and he's packing to leave. And Diz is like, yo, man, you took your lashes. They're letting you stay. What the fuck are you doing? He's like, yeah, you know, I signed up for all the wrong reasons. I got a guy killed. I'm just not cut out for this whole mobile infantry thing. And I say, yes, that is correct. Well done. That is a very accurate self-assessment. He finally realized how much you suck. A very good assessment of what you have to contribute. Now go be a fucking civilian already. <laughs> so the guy who whipped him comes in and tells him his call went through. So my question is, are the drill instructors also secretaries? They take your messages for you? Like, what the fuck is this? Well, if you're a protagonist, yes. Ah, uh, of course. I mean, if you're a protagonist. He gets a video call through to his parents, and this video call through to your parents is brought to you by AT&T. Uh, AT&T, we still, we are <laughs> had terrible reception back in the 90s. The quality has not changed from this futuristic 90s video chat. Nope. No. If anything, it's worse. So it's his parents, and they're both taking the call in separate rooms. I guess they couldn't get the actors <laughs> in there on the same day. <laughs> and so he says to his parents, hey, look, I, I'm, it's not working out here. Can I come home? They're like, yeah, of course. You know, we're just glad you're safe. But then, like, this weird shadow comes over them, and the call cuts out. <laughs> and their thought is, is that rain? I mean, if it's raining meteors, then yes. Yes, it is rain. <laughs> It's raining meteors, hallelujah, <laughs> it's raining meteors, hallelujah. So Diz tells him that if he quits, he's only proving one thing, that he doesn't have what it takes to be a citizen. Um, yes, that's correct. We've established that. Thank you. <laughs> he's going to go be a civilian now. Thank you, Diz. Yes. As a matter of fact, I think he's admitted as much. Yes. 
Sirico's walking down Washout Lane. Everyone starts running towards a big screen in the quad. And he's like, what the fuck's going on? War! We're going to war! And that's when we see a propaganda video explaining how a bug meteor hurled and destroyed Buenos Aires because this celestial object that was traveling well under the speed of light managed to get to our solar system in under several million years. Let's not forget the fact that it penetrated our elaborate planetary defense system. Well, the planetary defense system that was not working at this point, or we didn't have, or it sucked. Okay, so this is the event that caused it to get updated for the propaganda thing that's going to come out in, at this point, what, a month and a half? Yes, Okay, cool. Makes perfect sense. Why not? So, yeah, Rico's naturally pissed that his parents got squashed, so he goes to Dean Norris's office, where Clancy Brown is trying to convince Dean Norris to let him go fight bugs, but Dean Norris says that the only way he's going to see combat is if he busts himself down to private. I didn't know you could just demote yourself in the military. Like, that was a decision you could make and not someone else. This authoritarian military dictatorship is surprisingly open with your options and choices. Yeah, because Rico comes in, he's like, yo, I want to unquit. And Dean (laughs) Norris is like, no, you already quit. We got your signature on this paper. Yeah, but he's like, but my parents were in Buenos Aires. And Dean Norris literally looks away while Clancy Brown tears up the paperwork. So now we're watching a propaganda video of the cleanup of Buenos Aires. Did we see the dead biology teacher in a pile of rubble? Or was I just seeing things? I didn't see the uh, biology teacher, but I'm pretty sure she didn't see it coming either. (laughs) (laughs) You think I'm going to let you be alone in hell, Jules? Come on. Fair enough. Guys, let's make a promise. We're all going to go to hell again. (laughs) We also get to watch Neil Patrick Harris teaching us how to kill bugs. Like, don't just shoot the leg off. You got to, like, shoot the brainstem. And no one learns from this lesson. No, they fucking don't. And then we watch kids squishing real cockroaches because everyone's doing their part. I love how the expression the mother gives right afterwards. She is so manically enthusiastic. She is the best. That's <laughs> the best expression in this. Entire she looks movie. like she's piloting a giant spaceship. To be honest, she does. <laughs> this video kind of segues to Space Station Ticonderoga and the arachnid exclusion zone. The reporter we saw die at the beginning of the movie. He's there, you know, interviewing all the mobile infantry types that are like super psyched to go kill some bugs. I'm from Buenos Aires. Kill them all. So apparently there's a tattoo parlor on this space station and they're like, yo, let's go get tattoos. But before they get get tattoos, Carmen calls out to Rico being like, Johnny. And my note here is this is the first time Carmen hasn't smiled. I was very close to texting everyone I knew. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it was a complete lack of smile, but it was enough that it definitely stood out. This is the first time it looks like she's not just on vacation. Yeah, she she tries for sad because Rico's like, hey, so do you know anybody who made out of Buenos Aires alive? And she doesn't. And she's like, sometimes I cry about it. And my note here is I seriously doubt Denise Richards has that emotional range. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, you don't. 
No, you don't. We'll see you attempt to cry later, and it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you don't seem happy to see me. And it's like, yeah, you dumped him. Yeah, you friend-zoned me for the vacuum of space, and now we're here talking about how everyone else we know is dead. I'm so thrilled to see you. <laughs> but that's when Xander shows up, and Rico's like, oh, I get it. This is why... This is why you broke up with me. And so Rico starts to walk away, but Xander gets a shot in about the mobile infantry, and you don't talk about the mobile infantry that way to Johnny Rico. Hell no, and hoo And we are officially leaving Rank out of this. You hear that, everyone? Rank, Rank does not matter now. Such a flexible society. Yeah, I could not imagine a fucking lieutenant like fighting a private in the real military and it being okay <laughs> in, under any circumstances. But but we made the public announcement. Yeah, we said rank didn't matter. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, they fight. And this fight is slightly better than original Star Trek level. <laughs> Slightly better, but there's some flipping and flopping around. Yeah, but not like the level of gymnastics flipping that we've come to expect from this film. I was very disappointed in this fight. I so wanted a Power Rangers flip at one point. That would have made this fight for me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. A few extra sparks flying around. That would have been amazing. (laughs) Yeah, but eventually, you know, the, the fleet people hold back Xander and the Mobile infantry people hold back Rico and um, Diz is like, look, mobile infantry and fleet don't mix. So cut to the tattoo parlor that they have on this space station where Rico is getting his tattoo lasered into his arm. Like a tattoo laser. Yeah, tattoo laser. Yeah, and despite the fact that you're not supposed to drink when you get a tattoo, from what I understand, Jake Busey is fucking drinking. Well, he's already got his, so... But, like, you're not supposed to drink because apparently you can make it run or, like, it fucks it up. You're not supposed to drink for a few days. That's if you're using your primitive needle tattoo technology. Lasers are different, Nick. Damn right. Well, lasers are not. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to pour whiskey on a fresh tattoo. I feel like that's a big fucking (laughs) no-no. Yeah, but when it's Jake Busey, a.k.a. your soulmate... It's all cool. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) These guys belong together. They really do. They do. Goose and Maverick have nothing on these guys. So we got some action coming up, and also Jules, John, and I need to go design our badass group tattoo. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to break down the really bloody second half of Starship Troopers. Ready, steady, go. All right, you maggots. You think you're good enough to be in the mobile infantry? Well, let's see how good you are doing your first live fire exercise. Sir, 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 sir. sir. Rico, bring up your squad. Squad on me. Rico, you will lead your squad through this obstacle course of green soldier guys that bob up and down shooting lasers at you. Uh, Sergeant, that course is wide open and right in the middle of the camp. Would be real easy for a stray bullet to just, you know, go over. I do not recall asking for your opinion, Private Rico. Sorry, sir. Then. You will run through this parade ground and shoot down clay pigeons that will be launched into the air. Uh, yeah, Sarge, uh, will those troops still be marching there? What did I just say about questions, Private? Finally, you will throw fragmentation grenades into that building and eliminate any and all hostiles inside. Wait, that's the mess hall and third platoon is having chow. All right, company, get ready to move out in five, four, three, two, ready, steady. You know what? No, no, no. This whole thing is ridiculous. And not just the countdown. 
What did you say, Rico? Yeah, seriously, how is the military of a militaristic society this incompetent? Like, these are obvious safety hazards, and you're just completely oblivious to them. How are we supposed to fight the bugs when half of us are going to die in training to sheer blunt force stupidity? You will be quiet. We have a government started by veterans that apparently doesn't give a shit about those who serve. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, that's stupid. I have, like, a lot of boo-boos. I got my neck snapped last week. That is enough out of all of you. Okay, yeah, everyone who wants to start a democracy, raise your hand and say hi. 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 Ah, holy hell. That's like the third democracy some random Chinese have started just this year. Actually, can we do a democracy next week? I have a thing. <laughs> can we take a vote on when we start democracy? <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. It's also go time, motherfuckers, because we are going to drop in the, some drop ships. First wave, kill some bugs. Fuck yeah. Did anyone else want a sergeant to pipe up with a cigar saying, somebody wake up, Hicks. Game over, man. Game over. Oh, no, the game is just getting started. It is game on. Well, uh, they are, in fact, coming mostly at night, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very well done. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And I guess there's Sergeant Winter's like, remember your training, and you will make it back alive. Oh, this is a lieutenant. Lieutenant Willie. Lieutenant Willie. That's what I call mine. <laughs> Do you salute it? <laughs> oh, I'm a sergeant, so it outranks me. <laughs> mm, okay, so you do salute it. Okay. <laughs> um, fuck, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, it's a character that more of gets mentioned, but you don't really see in the book. Lieutenant Willie of Willie's Wildcats. This is them in Willie's Wildcats now. Got it, got it, got it. Lieutenant Willie is played by Stephen Ford. This is the son of former President Gerald Ford. I'm sorry, what? Yes? Yes. <laughs> Gerald Ford's kid has a bit role in Starship Troopers. That is fucking amazing. Oh, it gets even better. He has one director's credit. He did one of the segments of the movie Dungeon Master, which is where we get the line, I reject your reality and I substitute my own. <laughs> oh my God, what? Because uh, yeah, it's not just a bit part in Starship Troopers. He's been in some really good stuff like When Harry Met Sally, Heat, Contact, Black Hawk Down. Damn. And you better fucking believe he was in Baywatch, too. Oh, oh there it is. God. There's the Baywatch reference. Lieutenant <laughs> Willie has been released. Uh, yeah, there was a rescue that was somewhat botched in season six. And um, in season seven, someone is suing about it. He is the lawyer who's trying to prep the lifeguard. It's a really mundane episode. It's not worth talking about, to be honest. Fair enough. Other than the fact that it has Gerald Ford's kid in it. That's yeah, that's cool. exactly. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so while this drop is happening, we are also seeing blue plasma shooting out of the sky. Damn it, Jules. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just off camera releasing my spore. <laughs> but then we find out the real source of it, which is bug butt. Yeah, it's, these are coming from a bug butt. 
but they're coming from the planet's surface, and apparently military intelligence said it's, it's going to be random and light. But it turns out to not be random, like his ships start blowing up, so he yells at Carmen to break for high orbit. Which we do by diving underneath other ships. Go up by going down. Exactly. And then she flies directly into a plasma ball and then dies, right? Like, that's what we see. Like, literally flames coming through the windscreen. I don't know about you guys, but I was relieved. We wouldn't have to see her acting for the rest of this movie. It was fantastic. I know. Thank Christ. Oh, God. If only we were so lucky. (laughs) No, but legitimately, how the fuck does she survive this? Because pretty. (laughs) Uh, The power of sexy smile. (laughs) I don't find it. I'm sorry. I don't find it very smile. Very smile. (laughs) It is not very smile. I'm I'm not going to fix it. You know what I meant? You are correct. It is not very smile. Her smile is not very smile. (laughs) Jake Busey's disappearing top lip is more smile. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, now we're on the planet with the Starship Troopers pouring out of the landing craft. And with all the tactical coordination of kindergartners on cocaine. Tactical, 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 tactical. (laughs) Rico is acting like the leader because he takes up after the... Leader just sort of says nothing and just yells, kill them, kill them all. That's what the best leaders, you know, on the battlefield do. Yes, that is what they do. Also, <laughs> before that happens, we get our first look at the tactical nukes. They have just shoulder launched mini nukes, which seems like a really great idea. Just like walk directly into radiation. Absolutely. Apparently, radiation in the future doesn't act the same way that it does now. Well, the radiation arrived and took her jabs. <laughs> All that radiation from the future. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they walk into the radiation and apparently don't die. But then one trooper immediately gets gets like torn in half by one of the arachnids. Prized, and despite five of them shooting this goddamn thing, it takes forever to kill this one bug. They remembered their training. They didn't do the Neil Patrick Harris follow-up training, though. He showed them exactly where to shoot to kill it. True. Yeah, they were not watching the video. This is why you gotta watch your Neil Patrick Harris videos. They were probably too upset because like, oh, we're mobile infantry. They think we're the bottom of the pack, so we're not gonna watch what what is it fun and games fun and games games in theory yes games in theory <laughs> might as well be called fun and games fuck we're it. not gonna watch that fun and games <laughs> ticker germs <laughs> by the way i do have to mention there are no sights on their guns and they only hip fire well that's your method of firing why would you bother putting a sight on it really makes sense It doesn't make sense to only hip fire, but it makes sense to not have sights. Guns (laughs) attached to their massive erections. That's how they go into battle. They get erection on the side of their hip? (laughs) That's what you get for walking into too much radiation. (laughs) Yeah, it gets curvy. Okay, so now I've got to talk about the Harvard guy again. So this is the guy who joined the mobile infantry to pay his way for Harvard. He is so fucking smart. He just runs out. He's the guy who runs out by himself. He runs out by himself, shooting around randomly and he gets his leg chomped off and he gets tossed into a swarm of bugs oh okay that's harvard i couldn't tell who anyone was with all the helmets and it being at night and stuff yeah i had no no idea that is harvard guy so the lady who wants to be a mob like freaks the fuck out immediately and starts running away (laughs) rico's like all right retreat let's get the fuck out of here such good training (laughs) one guy breaks ranks the other one runs away (laughs) 
<laughs> a lot of discipline in the mobile infantry, gotta tell you. And then, yeah, we basically watch the opening scene play out. You know, the reporter dies, writer dude dies, cameraman dies, Rico shoots at a bug, makes a last stand with, like, the shotgun attachment to his rifle, which has, like, 9,000 shells in it, apparently. And then he runs out of ammo, and a bug comes up and just chops him in half, and he's dead, right? Movie over. Well, his part's over, yeah. I mean, you know, we still got Busey to follow. It's now Busey's story about him him trying to romance half of Rico. Jake Busey's a necrophiliac in your head, Cannon? <laughs> they managed to keep the legs alive somehow. Exactly. This is the future. So he, he had a sort of threesome with upper half, lower half, which were both independently moving. <laughs> so now that they're disconnected, they're two separate entities. Exactly, like a flatworm. <laughs> this is the future. <laughs> Rico the flatworm. Rico the so now we're watching another propaganda video that lets us know that 100,000 Starship Troopers died in an hour. Uh, we see the really gruesome aftermath. And then we watch some scientists bicker over the existence of a brain bug. Oh, I love this debate. I find the idea of a bug that thinks to be offensive, okay? Yeah, Bowtie is not down for any of this. Oh, you mean discount Pee Wee Herman? Very discount. Yeah, like 99 cent only. <laughs> yeah, 99 cent store of Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, this isn't so much a debate as just one of those like talking heads panel shows. Oh my God. No, but there's like this old older scientist lady who like clearly knows what the fuck she's talking about is making a very cogent argument exactly. for the potential <laughs> of the existence of a brain bug and just 99 cent store Pee Wee Herman Fox News is his way through it. So back at the space station, we see uh, some damaged ships limping back, including the Roger Young. Inside the station, just hundreds of soldiers and various, you know, legs missing and blood everywhere and screaming and misery. And Xander asks how this is going. She's like, we thought we were smarter than the bugs. I don't know how you did, but okay. <laughs> so inside, they go up to a screen that's, you know, scrolling a casualty list. And Carmen looks up to see if Rico died. And what do you know? Rico died. I like to think she accidentally looked up his math grade. <laughs> No, no, his math grade is like the same amount of his body they recovered. They only found 35% of his body. <laughs> I love this moment because, well, you know, the names were just scrolling and people were going about their business. But once she pulls up his name and we see that he's killed in action, everyone is looking at this screen and completely horrified. And I'm sure they're looking at the other names on the list, but it just seems like everyone is really, really upset that Johnny Rico was killed in action. <laughs> we lost our protagonist. Who's going to tell us to kill them, kill them all now? I think Michael Ironside might have that covered. No one else can say that, Nick. By the way, again, because I'm not done shitting on Denise Richards' performance in here, she attempts <laughs> crying, and legitimately, there's an extra behind her who is out-acting her. Oh, yeah, those are the extras I'm talking about. They're super upset, and she's still somehow smiling a little? I like to think that the extras are just jabbing her with a pin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she got jabbed with the pen. She's slightly discomforted. <laughs> <laughs> the only way they could get to it. So cut to Rico being in a water tank, getting his thigh stitched up by a robot arm. It's in a Bacta tank, yeah. Yeah, from, yeah, like Luke Skywalker was, exactly. But this one's green. <laughs> totally different, yes. Also, goddamn, the Federation military must be really fucking incompetent because how is he listed as KIA? 
when he is very much alive. <laughs> I know. Diz and Jake Busey come up and they slap a piece of paper on the side of his saying, hey, Rico, you're dead. K-I-A. They think it's the coolest fucking thing in the world. And he gives him a thumbs up. He's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> oh, my God. So dumb. I love it. I love it. It's, it's fantastically stupid. I love it. It really is. Yeah. So they say he's going to get out in three days and Diz, you know, leaves him a little smooch on the side of his tank. And I have a question for you guys. What happens when he needs to take a shit? That tank started out as blue. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's all his piss and shit's getting in his face. <laughs> so despite the fact that Diz, Jake Busey, and Rico have not showed any sort of elite abilities at all. They're now transferred to an elite unit called the Roughnecks, and uh, apparently the lieutenant's a real ball buster. And one of the first people they meet is that priest from The Walking Dead, Watkins. So yeah, dude, what the fuck is Watkins doing here? <laughs> yeah, what's Watkins doing? Saying a prayer for the movie <laughs> it's like we got walkins we've got president children we got intergalactic mormons what else does this movie need mormons in space <laughs> well it needs an angry lady to come up and ask them for their orders and also to let them know they better not be talking about the lieutenant like that yeah jake Busey calls him a ball buster and immediately gets decked like don't you fucking talk about the lieutenant like that apparently he saved like Half everyone, yeah, he saved everyone's life at some point, so they all feel really indebted to him. I was furious. If if anyone dents Busey's teeth, that is definitely a strike in my book. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> he should get those uh, insured by Lloyd's of London. Let's. I'm sure down. they are. They, they <laughs> have to be. You're not a Busey without insane teeth. <laughs> Also, really fun little uh, little detail in here. I don't know if you guys caught, but uh, apparently, uh, Space Cancun, where uh, Rico was supposed to go, yep, it's just gone. Because mm -hmm. they they had uh, an operation there or something, and Rico's like, yeah, always wanted to visit. Yeah, no Space Cancun for you, Rico. So yeah, uh, attention on deck, Lieutenant's here, and it turns out the Lieutenant uh, is Michael Ironside, who now has his own power glove. Why wasn't he wearing one in the classroom earlier? I feel like he's just making his life unnecessarily harder. Uh, military issue? Yeah, he couldn't afford it. It's like really expensive. Why not? You know, why the fuck not? Sure, whatever. Prosthetics are weirdly selective. It's very true. Comes with being a citizen, I guess. So Michael Ironside gives the newbies uh, the rules. Everyone fights. No one quits. Do your jobs or I'll shoot you myself. Rico will fuck this quote up later, by the way. At this point, I really wanted one of the group to just say, I quit and run away. <laughs> wow. If you think he doesn't have bullets in that robot hand, then, <laughs> boy, you're in for a surprise. Oh, uh, and so I think it's Watkins. Somebody else. Rad check. Rad checks roughnecks. The new plan from the new Sky Marshal is they're going to go attack the systems around Clendathu and then come back to it. So the fleet's going to glass the planet they're going to go to, and they're going to mop up. And why the fuck didn't fleet glass Clendathu? Why was there no close air support, which we know exists? Oh, well, you see, it's because... Because of bug butt blasts. Well, okay, that too. I was going to say because reasons, but... Hmm. <laughs> 
So we watch some fighters on the planet bomb the fuck out of a swarm of bugs. This was filmed in Wyoming, by the way. I forget, it's like Hell's something, like Hell's Acre, uh, Wyoming. Apparently a lot of people got heat stroke on set because it was hot as balls, including Jake Busey. In defense of heat, I would stroke Jake Busey too. <laughs> I'm sorry, you'll have to get in line behind both of Rico's halves. Yeah, so fighters bomb the fuck out of a swarm of bugs. The roughnecks walk out of the, the ensuing smoke. So they find a bug and they shoot it up. And I will ask this a million times in this movie. I don't get why with high-powered rifles, they always feel the need to get right up close to shoot a bug. Because they took the wrong lesson from the knife demonstration. (laughs) (laughs) And Watkins, like, I don't know what it is. This is never explained, but he's got a motherfucking personal grudge against these bugs. He just, like, goes for overkill gets greed bug blood bukkakeed it's yeah i mean it's at this point that i wonder why these bugs are made from kids tv show goo yeah nickelodeon has a has a lawsuit like right here (laughs) and depending on the bug you have different colors of gak that spurts out from them exactly (laughs) i mean there are, are a lot of aggro crags on this planet let's be honest uh so yeah, they nuke a bug hole, and then they get told to come help mop up some some bugs. And again, why so close? Anyway, I'm gonna try not to like you know beat this point to death, but it's just it's so uncomfortable. So they finish with the soldier ones, and a big beetle fucker emerges from the ground, which they call a tanker. It has this like I don't know electric you know stove <laughs> igniter on its head. <laughs> Flame through a face, yeah. Yeah, to like ignite the orange stuff that also comes out of its face and it melts off Angry Lady's arm. And so Rico runs up a ridge, jumps on the bug, and he surfs the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, and he shoots a hole into the back of the bug. And again, we've got Nickelodeon orange blood <laughs> in this one. So yes, again, ooh, grounds for a lawsuit, Nickelodeon. You're welcome. <laughs> he takes a grenade out of his belt, chucks it into the hole, jumps off, and the tanker explodes from the inside. I still really wanted Gimli to pop up and say, that still only counts as one. <laughs> just out of the corpse of the bug, he just emerges covered in orange crap. <laughs> I pictured him more in the background, just swinging his axe, chopping legs off, and then turns around and yells at Johnny. Uh, but like, but this proves that the rifle could shoot through the tanker's carapace. Like Exactly. It's like soft as butter, these bug skin. So why are their guns not working? They must be missing worse than the stormtroopers in Cloud City. Well, you have to hit the exact right spot. Again, they're not paying attention to Neil Patrick Harris. Always a mistake. Always a mistake. Even when he's the obvious bad guy of the movie. <laughs> Just wait until you see him in that gorgeous leather jacket. Mm. Want it. So Michael Art's like, hey, how'd you do that? And he's like, well, yeah, I don't know if you remember, sir, but I was captain of the team. Nothing from being on the team came into play in this situation. <laughs> Not a single fucking thing. He didn't even do anything. Like, after lifts. he chucked the grenade, if he didn't just fall off, if he at least did a little somersault or something, you'd have something to work with. Yeah, there were no sweet flips. God damn it, Rico. Okay, so 
this is where military nerd me just did not enjoy any of the things that now transpired. Oh, I've been waiting for military nerd Nick to come out. Okay, okay. <laughs> so first of all, Michael Ironside is a lieutenant, which means he's like the leader of the platoon or the company. He's not talking to fucking corporals or privates. Like there's a chain of command and he is like not directly doing anything. He asks Rico if he wants to be his corporal because he now he needs a corporal. And he's like, yeah, it's like, cool. You're it until you're dead or I find someone better. Then he asks Jake Busey if he wants to be squad leader. No, that's not like that's like a, a sergeant fucking does. Like corporal like will lead like a detachment, like three or four dudes max. Right. And he's like, well, no, I'm not going to be squad leader. You know, I tried that and I blew it. So that he makes Diz squad leader. And she's like, I'm your girl, sir, while saluting him. Seriously, the organ, like the unit organizational structure of the mobile infantry is just fucking weird, man. Like, it's just not, it does not make sense. That's because we're military and we don't care what your little civilian brain thinks. We're going to restructure however the fuck we want. Yeah, we'll call it corporal, <laughs> sir. Fuck you. Right. Now, here's the beer. Here's the entertainment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that night at base camp, Michael Ironside, he expects the best and he gives the best. Here's the beer. Here's the entertainment. Have fun. That's an order. And he knows his troops very, very well because Busey gets a new violin. This fucking violin. <laughs> Oh my god, I want one of these, and it's, like, never going to happen, unfortunately. Why? Why would it not? Well, this was made by Tucker Barrett. It's an EV5 Luma. It's a five-string acrylic electric. Not only did this get discontinued in 2006, I believe, that company no longer even does manufacturing. Oh. So, yeah, it's going to be practically impossible to find one of these. We need to build one. You go do that. <laughs> John, when I'm rich and famous, I will absolutely have someone make this violin for you. Aww. John's birthday present is already done. Hell yes. You just see it's just going to be a twig with some twine and a little glowy <laughs> sticker. Spoilers? God. Yeah, it's literally translucent plastic colored in highlighter yellow. It's fucking wild, man. <laughs> So he starts playing music for everyone to dance to. And can anybody who's not me recognize this fucking song that he plays? He's playing Dixie. Yeah, he's playing Dixie. I'm English and I know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But um, a brief bit of props to Jake Busey. He did learn to play. It turns out he has a background in music, mostly as a drummer, a little bit of guitar. And he took it upon himself. He's like, it's not enough for me to just get up and kind of pantomime and, you know, move it around. It probably sounded terrible. There's a lady named Cat Evans who actually gets credited for, you know, what you hear. But what he's doing does match up. Uh, apart from a couple moments, it, it looks really good. And he only had something like two months. Well done. That's a lot of work to do. Yeah, for this movie, especially. <laughs> yes, especially for this. He worked harder on his violin than Denise Richards did on her acting. Good job, Jake Busey. And then they traded teeth whitening tips. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it is so weird that Dixie is the tune they picked. Like I can't I can't reason that out. I don't, no. I don't get it. No idea. But then he plays it really seductively whilst Rico and Dizzy are dancing. Oh, my God. 
okay, this is crazy because Diz first comes up to Rico's like, hey, you want to dance? He's like, nah, I don't do that anymore. You don't do that anymore. Like fraternize with the lower ranks? Yeah, you're just a corporal, my dude. Calm the fuck down. <laughs> and she like keeps insisting. He's like, do I have to pull rank on you? And she's like, okay, cool. That's how it is. So she's like, come Watkins and yanks Watkins up and dances with him. Which I don't understand because the appropriate response in this movie is, you hear that, everyone? Rank don't matter no more. And then punch him in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> my money would absolutely be on Dizzy. Let me tell you. And so Michael Ironside comes up to him and he's like, hey, yeah. So you remember how you asked me for advice earlier in the movie? Uh, so I have some now. Uh, don't pass up a good thing when it's right in front of you. You know, like Dizzy over there. You know, maybe go go have a little sex with her. He's like, you know what? I will go and have a little sex with her. I really want that to be the full conversation. <laughs> so, yeah, he cuts in, tells Watkins to go get him some beer, um, dances with Diz. And then, yeah, Jake Busey comes up and, oh, my God, his facial expression. <laughs> it's my everything. He is picturing every moment that they're about to have. As he plays. That is the exact facial expression. If you thought Neil Patrick Harris was creepy at the earlier dance, <laughs> he ain't got shit on Jake Busey. <laughs> so she's like, hey, Rico, what are you doing after the dance? Well, it turns out it's going to be you, Diz, because now they're in a tent about to bang on a very thin foam camping mattress. I have this mattress in orange. It's just... <laughs> I would not recommend having sex on this on this mattress. But what is the sexability of the sleeping bag they're using as a blanket? That's the real question. <laughs> I mean that that's good to go. Like if you okay. got that, if you got all that right. sleeping bag, you can do all the sex in it. <laughs> all the sex. Yes, all of it, half of it, three quarters of it. <laughs> you know, both halves. All both halves. <laughs> <laughs> Upper Rico and Lower Rico. Each gets their own sleeping bag. <laughs> I'm going to say this. This whole like starting to make out with her as like the t-shirt's only like halfway up her face and she like can't see. It, this was kind of hot. Not going to lie. It's true, but I don't want to discuss it with two other guys. It seems weird. What about two halves of one guy? <laughs> That's, that I'm all about. <laughs> okay. Let's go get an arachnid. We'll make, <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> so Michael Ironside comes in and Diz hides under a sleeping bag. Uh, turns out there's been a distress call, so you got to get ready to ship out Rico in 10 minutes. Hang on. Who's in here with you? And he sees it's Diz and he's like, make it 20 minutes. So now we're on a very dry planet. Uh, the Roughnecks are walking through a canyon. And Rico's looking through some binoculars, sees rocks falling off a ridge. There's a thing over the ridge, obviously, and just doesn't feel the need to point it out to anyone. He's just going to keep that to himself. I thought it was weird that no one else noticed the rock fall. It was very loud. Yeah, it was pretty loud. The binoculars enhances the sound, you see. It's not just for vision. <laughs> but there weren't any other sounds going on. There weren't any crickets or bugs or anything else making noise. It was just the sound of this rock fall. And you, you wouldn't be a little suspicious about it? Because you would think that, oh, rocks are falling. Maybe we should be concerned about that. Nope. They're an elite unit, you see. So 
the the radio guy he can't get through to the outpost, so Michael Ironside tells him to go to higher ground to to get a better radio signal. And couldn't the dropships just land you directly next to the outpost? I feel like y'all are walking just to walk. Well, yeah, they gotta get you know the stiffness out of their legs. Right, you gotta get those steps in. Yeah, they have to walk off the hangover from all the beer. <laughs> It's not how I get rid of a beer hangover. I am man down for the next day. But do you have Busey leading the way? That's how I get over my hangover. <laughs> Some Busey violin. Damn right. Get that sweet southern serenade going. I do declare. Oh, my stars. <laughs> it's hot today. I've always relied on the kindness of smiles. <laughs> Okay, I don't know how the fuck you segue from that, but we're going to try. There isn't a segue. There's no segue, so we're just going to go. So Radio Guy gets snatched by a flying bug, which is basically like the you know the soldier bugs we've seen, except it's green with wings. <laughs> Shit, they're flying now. <laughs> yeah, they're flying now. And no one shoots at it for some reason. But the, it's got the guy, so they don't want to hit the guy. But then Michael Ironside takes a rifle, and when the bug lands and the guy, you know, with the guy on the ridge, he shoots the guy in the chest to put him out of his misery. And he's like, "I expect any one of you to do the same for me." Leaves the bug alone to get another one of his soldiers. Well, that's a problem for future Ironside. Right now, the bug's distracted with his fresh kill. This just goes to show how shitty the armor is because it can't even stop a bullet. What is even this armor? Is it even armor? (laughs) Is it just a vest they wear to look cool? (laughs) Well, it's not pulling that off either. (laughs) It's, it's, yeah. And so now Rico gets another promotion. He is now acting sergeant. Because, you know, what's really smart in the military to have the guy in charge of your comms also be in charge of leading soldiers. Got to get a good multitasker in there. Well, he's proven himself by not actually dying on multiple occasions. That is a skill in the world of this movie. Boy, howdy. A skill so amazing even Denise Richards can pull it off. Uh, so they arrive at Outpost Whiskey, my favorite outpost. You know, it's it's a bloody mess of corpses. We, we've seen the bugs do this before. Um, tells Watkins to secure the compound. Michael Ironside, Diz, Rico, JQC go inside. Then they go to the, the radio station and they notice that the radio guy's brains got sucked out. Well, the line is, they sucked his brains out. And I gotta say, that's how I want to go. We see braids get sucked out later. It doesn't look pleasant. Gonna say, hey, Jules, to each their own, but you know what? That could be the way you go out. We didn't know what it was at this point. Okay. Okay. He was just saying he sucked his brains out. <laughs> well, they hear a noise coming from the closet and they pull out the rifles to investigate, and out comes a very twitchy general. It's Quato. Oh, shit. I did not make that connection. No, I leapt on it immediately just because we've had a lot of total recall actors already. So, yeah, a very twitchy general managed to survive. Uh, the fact that they say officer on deck as he falls out of the, the closet. Was that a great was touch. beautiful. <laughs> great little touch there. And he tells them that they got into the radio's guy head um, and they made the radio guy make the distress call. So this is a trap. He's like, yeah, they're just like us. They want to know what makes us tick so they can kill us. This is the best general. So, my God, so funny. He walks outside, like, sees everything. He's like, oh, my God. We're all going to (laughs) die. And Michael Ironside just punches him the fuck out. He's like, control yourself, general. 
And that's when Michael Ironside got court-martialed because they did not declare that rank is no longer in effect. <laughs> that is true. Uh, yes. And then you hear, bugs! We've got bugs! And this is where we get the classic line from Michael Ironside. Come on, you apes! You want to live forever? There's just thousands of bugs outside this outpost. Um, yeah, so they start shooting. And so I also have to gun nerd out here a little bit. Uh, so these twin machine guns that are on top of these towers, they might look to you to be the DSHK Soviet heavy machine gun. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, un- uncanny how you read my mind on this. Right, you know, because... Uh, are you actually Neil Patrick Harris? I... That's classified. <laughs> 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 so anyways yes so we all know that this is you know it looks like the soviet heavy machine gun but it's only half true you see the <laughs> barrels do actually come from the dshk soviet heavy machine gun 12.7 millimeters but there were a surplus of those barrels floating around but not the actual gun so the gun that they're using is a regular m2 browning heavy machine gun 50 caliber that they attached the i D- knew it <laughs> Exactly. Like you could just hear from the sound. I heard it through my binoculars. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so they shoot down one of the bugs. One of the flying bugs, and it crushes the general, and it was just... Oh, it was gorgeous. It was beautiful. So funny. So despite the fact that Diz is the one who has established comms with the fleet, apparently she needs Rico to come over and talk to them. Well, she's just a squad leader. She doesn't have the access codes. Ah, of course not. And so... He's like, yeah, we're on planet P, we're at Outpost Whiskey, you know, we're, we're under attack from bugs, and whoever's on the other side says, we had planet P cleared, and he's like, this place crawls, sir, and I love the fact that they invented this very casual lingo to describe, like, a bug infestation, like, this place crawls. It was a great little detail. So now the bugs are finally getting close to getting over the top of the ramparts by pulling a World War Z. And let me ask you, is it tactically sound to retreat from the high ground? Um, no. No, you don't give up the high ground unless you absolutely have to. I think they kind of have to at this point. (laughs) They could have held on for a smidge longer. Like seconds, man. Seconds. Yeah, they get off the ramparts. They they make a defensive perimeter on the inside. It's so great. One guy tries to jump off the ramparts, but a bug just like hooks into him and like pulls him back so up. So good, so good. <laughs> They're making a last stab before the job. Like everyone's like shooting, but our last bag. Like all the great cliches. The music is swelling up, and then a dropship arrives, and out pops Xander. Well, thank God we're saved now. <laughs> yeah, you know how, like, when you have a flight crew for a big space cruiser, how you want them to go down to a planet full of bugs as opposed to just a regular dropship pilot? Mm-hmm. Yep. Makes sense. I so wanted him to take one look at Rico and say, oh, no, I'm not saving him. I mean, he does have a rifle with him. He could have just shot, shot Rico in the face <laughs> and been like, cool. Ah, uh, but Rico was wearing his helmet. He would have had to have shot him in the chest. Are you telling me you don't believe that Rico could pull his helmet in front of his chest fast enough? <laughs> I mean, considering the flips he's done, I should have considered that as a possibility. That's on me. <laughs> so the bugs finally tunnel into, like, they, they tunnel in again. Michael Ironside gets pulls into the sinkhole, and he's, like, shooting into the rubble. Diz and Rico pull him out, but he's missing his legs. 
he tells Rico that he knows what to do, i.e. kill him. No, I meant get me a desk job. I already got the hand. Yeah, he still has his torso. He still has his, like, the lower, like, you know, most of his waist. It's just lost his legs. Like, he didn't need to be shot. And instead of shooting him in the head and giving Michael Ironside a quick death, he shoots him in the chest and lets him bleed out. <laughs> That's the only way you can do it, though. He might have hit him in the helmet. We've established the terrible aim that these Starship Troopers have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is really hard when you don't have sights on your guns. I, we got to give them that. I'm, so, I'm just surprised he didn't shoot Dizzy at this point. I got a feeling that maths was Johnny's best subject. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a tanker emerges and Diz just takes a grenade out and quarterbacks it right into its face and blows it up. <laughs> Yeah, star of the team, my ass, Rico. Diz is the hero of this movie, and I don't like what happens next, because clearly there are phase bugs, because other than the tanker, <laughs> this frame is clear. She turns around, and it's like, Diz, no. Where the fuck did this bug come from? Zartan dropped it off during his midnight race. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only fucking explanation that works, honestly. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, so Diz gets skewered with the front appendage things of this one, like, really badly. Um, They shoot it. And then Johnny ensures that she's gonna fucking die? Yes! What the fuck? Okay, listen, we're not doctors. I can't believe I have to say this because we never claim to be, but look, if you have, like, a puncture through somebody's torso like this, don't pull the foreign object out. That is probably what's keeping them alive at this point. I'm gonna add to this and say... Not just something through the torso, any impaled object, anywhere, of any depth. Except for, you know, like a splinter. That's cool. Yeah. You can pull that out. Yeah, just leave it the fuck in, maybe stabilize it so it doesn't move if you can, yeah. and let a medical professional fucking deal with that. It drives me insane when I see this in movies. <gasps> this makes sense. How so? She was competition for his true love. Jake Busey. Exactly. <laughs> The dropship takes off, and now, ah, oh, this moment. Diz dying was not fun. She's the only likable character. I don't know who to root for. I'm rooting for the brain bug at this point. <laughs> we haven't met him yet. But... I'm rooting for Rico's lower half. Yeah, okay, Rico's lower half and Busey. That's it. Yeah, upper half can fuck off. So Rico goes up to the flight deck where Carmen's flying, and he tells them to radio fleet and glass the planet. On whose authority? Mine, I assumed command of this mission. Again, like this this doesn't know how authority works. I think that Rico's disparate parts have different ranks. <laughs> his lower half has <laughs> is a lieutenant and his upper half's a sergeant. I mean, I'm sorry, I was engrossed in Busey putting his arm on his shoulder and saying, What do you want to do? It's just us now. You want to do teeth stuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hearing you say that is so smile. <laughs> Uh, well, anyways, the captain the Roger Young denies the bobbing because the Sky Marshal has other plans for Planet P. Rico comments, M.I. does the dying and Fleet just does the flying. So Carmen points out, oh yeah, Carmen's still alive for some reason. Yeah, Carmen's still alive because, uh, why? <laughs> yeah, she points out the Fleet is, um, moving out for a big operation. And then Diz gets a Mr. Spock funeral, you know, where they shoot the coffin out. And all I could think of is just how many coffins are out there floating around right now? Why is this vista so empty? Yeah, surely more died. I don't know. 
And that's when Neil Patrick Harris walks in in his fucking SS uniform. That he does. Right. <laughs> it's just full leather jacket. It's oh, it's fabulous. Full leather jacket. <laughs> well played. <laughs> yeah, like Heinrich Himmler would look at this uniform and be like, okay, that's a little too much. Like you want to be fascist, but not this fascist. But yeah, so we learn that Neil Patrick Harris, his demeanor's completely changed. He's no longer like the happy-go-lucky goofball from earlier in the movie. He's not really fucking serious about his job also a colonel already somehow getting real serious about your work is what happens when you're in fun and games <laughs> he's all theory no games you became colonel after no one actually watched his video on where to shoot the bug he, yeah seriously it's he's the only one left yeah so he tells him that the roughnecks were sent in on this very low survivability they weren't expected to come back because they knew the bugs had laid a trap and they wanted to test their intelligence and see if there was a brain bug is it just me, or was this supposed to be conflict that ends up just being brushed aside? Yes, that. <laughs> yeah, that. I would be way more pissed at Carl if my best friend slash brand new lover was killed by a bug. He, I mean, he starts to be upset, and Carl's all like, hey, I gotta make these kind of decisions every fucking day. How do you think I feel? And that settled it. Okay, sir. So yeah, they're gonna go back to Planet P to try and catch the, the brain bug, which is why they didn't glass the planet. Neil Patrick Harris asks Rico if he, you know, hey, I hear the Roughnecks need a new lieutenant. You want the job? <laughs> to which Rico replies, yeah, I'll do it until I'm dead or you find someone better. And how does somebody of military intelligence have the authority to promote someone in mobile infantry? Like, please, like, they're not in the same chain of command. It, this, this doesn't make sense. You don't know they're not. This is a different military. I, this military is bullshit. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> Cut to a landing zone back on Planet P. Rico's now in charge, and he's inspecting his new troops, who can't be a day over 16. And so Rico gives the, you know, I've only got one rule. Everyone fights. No one quits. If anyone's not doing their job, I'll shoot you myself. So he, he fucks it up. And also, I think we could all agree, Michael Ironside said this way more badass than Casper Bandian. Like, God bless him, he tried. But you can't out Michael Ironside, Michael Ironside. Oh, hell yeah. And so Watkins is there. He's like, Rico's Roughnecks. So, yeah, as he says this, we see some more uh, Julian Jizz. I mean, sorry, bug plasma. <laughs> the fleet's getting torn up in space by the plasma. And uh, the captain of the Roger Young tells Carmen to take evasive action. And they're about to warp when the ship gets just shot in half. Sweet. Maybe it'll stick this time. <laughs> yeah, she survived the first one. Obviously, the top half is top half Rico. The bottom is bottom half Rico. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 20 minutes later there's a ship in a giant green tank <laughs> with its own poop and urine oh god you're dead man <laughs> so yeah xander carmen and the captain they're running to get to the escape pods but the captain slips and gets crushed by a bulkhead door so now we have more sex parts for for our little <laughs> no no she dies um <laughs> <laughs> thanks for clarifying that uh yeah so xander carbon make it to an escape pod. how does this other escape pod crash like there's a clearly a track that it's on like how does it flip sideways and just crash like whatever so they get out of the death star just in time to escape the flame sorry they, they get out of the, the spaceship oh my god this escape pod it, it is the worst effect in the entire movie please elaborate for the audience i don't think i can um God, how can I elaborate this? 
It is the common smile of computer-generated images. <laughs> yes, thank you. There's no way I could have said it. Thank you, Jules. <laughs> but here's the thing. These escape pods, they're barely controllable. Like, these things do not fly. They fall without style. <laughs> There's <laughs> propulsion, allegedly. And while they're crashing and Carmen's, like, giving out a distress call, Rico picks it up. There's apparently rifles in the pod, so they take out the rifles. And Carmen radios Rico her position. He's like, oh, yeah, where are you? It's like, you know, what's your, what's your status? Situation is extremely hostile because, like, a whole bunch of bugs have sworn in and pew, 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 pew. And I'm just like, okay, so they're totally fucked. Yeah, and Rico agrees with you because he first says, like, I need a rescue squad and, like, Watkins, without fucking, like, missing a beat, is like, yo, search party. And then Rico's like, you know what? No, we all know she's dead. Let's just stay on mission. Also, fuck her. Ah, uh, such a great ending. Yeah, really stuck the landing, this movie. Nope, nope, she's still fucking alive. Uh, the bugs don't kill them. Uh, God damn it! I know, I know. <laughs> they, like, puncture them through their shoulders and pin them to the ground. And then again, we get another brilliant fucking profound line with Carmen and Xander. I don't know who says what, but one of them says, why don't they kill us? And the other one replies, because they want us alive. No shit. That is literally a why reasons dialogue moment, right? <laughs> yes. Why don't they kill us? They want us alive. Yeah, but why do they want us alive? That was uh, That's obviously what I was getting at. <laughs> because they'll kill us later, but not now. So that's why they haven't killed us. This is why I don't like talking to you. You're a bad conversationalist. <laughs> I knew it. You just keep me around because I'm purdy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we're now with the Roughnecks. They're in a different part of this cave system. And they get to like a, a fork. And Rico just kind of has a sense that there's something going on with the one on the right. And he's like, all right, cool. Uh, Roughnecks, you stay on mission. Uh, two volunteers come with me. Uh, he's like, hey, man, first of all, she's probably dead, as you mentioned. This is Jake Busey. And uh, going off mission, no bueno. And Watkins like, yeah, you know, they, get, they will hang you for that. Nope, I'm going. I need two volunteers. Who wants to go get hanged with me? And apparently Watkins and Jake Busey will go get hanged with him. I mean, yeah, get well hung with Busey. That's the way to go. <laughs> So now we're back at the big bug cave and the brain bug, the fabled brain bug shows up. Doesn't look much like a brain. Yeah, it looks like a fucking... It looks like a balloon with multiple eyes and... Um... A vagina mouth. Yeah, a vagina. No, it looks like just the shaft of the penis, like a segment of a penis shaft with like lots of eyes on the end. It's both phallic and yonic at the same time. Can you explain why he gives her the knife here? Can't, I was about to ask that question. I can't fucking... Because, yeah, he puts a knife in his boot when he gets the guns out, and instead of keeping it for himself, he gives it to Carmen because... I know because he wants her alive, but, you know, I mean, an actual motivation. None. So the brain bug whips out the brain sucker thing out of its face vagina. Xander's like, you know, one day someone like me is going to kill you and your whole fucking race. And the brain bug's like, your hair's fucking stupid and stabs him in the skull. <laughs> yeah, brain bug stabs him right in the hair. Uh, but yeah, uh, he gets his brain sucked out and it looks very unpleasant. We see like the brains going through the appendage into uh, the brain bug. It's now Carmen's turn to get her brain sucked out. Uh, probably not going to find a lot there, but the, the brain bug's going to try. 
Fainbug's going to find out how to fuck up at leaving a dock real fast. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, they suck it out of everybody like, oh, this one's, God, we're doing them a favor right now. Like, honestly. Fainbug gets sort of stuck with a stupid, goofy smile on its face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it grows the teeth. <laughs> Thank you so much for my next two weeks of recurring nightmare. I appreciate that. <laughs> That's for me and Jules. You're we're welcome for the both of us. No, that doesn't happen. That would have been a better movie, but <laughs> she she takes the knife and slices its poker off. So uh and it starts jizzing all over the place. So yes, again, knives are the most effective weapon in this movie. And this is a squad that has portable nukes. <laughs> Yeah, and the brain also is like freaking out, not just because it got its, you know, poker slashed off, but because Rico's walked in with a nuke warhead and it knows what the fuck that is. So, he, you know, gets Carmen back, gives her a rifle, and the brain bug retreats into a, a cavern in the back and it's on again. And you know how it takes like five to ten people to shoot one bug down? up until this point yeah apparently now just four of them can stack fucking bodies so watkins gets his front slashed apparently that's just he's done for and he tells you always were an asshole gorman i'm sorry wrong movie oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, except watkins uh, yeah watkins like give me the nuke you try to be a hero, Watkins. Just try to kill some bugs, sir. Why are you mad at him? He's not making it out of there anyway. Just be like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> Just a gentle pat on the helmet and then later. <laughs> Good luck with the dying. Call me later. Let me know how it went. <laughs> oh, right. Anyways, good luck. Um, and so, you know, the black guy sacrificing himself for the white people. Uh, great look. And so Watkins is, uh, you know, he's shooting the guy and killing the body. He's like, yeah, you like that? You like that? You know, doing doing the, it's so, it's so cheesy. It's so good. I fucking love this. And then the nuke goes off. And so the other three are running out of the cave as it's collapsing, outrunning a fireball. And apparently they did this for real. They're like, yo, we got one take and you need to fucking run. I think they need to blow up more, like put more actors' lives in danger or explosions. I think they needed more trip hazards. <laughs> I need more BCs getting heat stroke. That's what I need. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they get out of the cave and they hear cheering and they, you know, somebody yells, we got it. And what they get, well, they got the brain bug. Uh, it's in a net being yoinked out and by the way somehow carbon has forgotten that she just had a fucking like giant bug pincer through her shoulders <laughs> like there's just no pain being experienced at this time she smiled her way through it <laughs> she does get back to smiling despite bleeding profusely from a giant hole in her shoulder so neil patrick harris comes out and we get a great little cameo here. Uh, Dale die. Yes. Dale fucking dies. Like, well, Colonel, what is he thinking? And for anybody who doesn't know who the fuck we're talking about, shame on you. You should know who Dale die is. And you should have listened to our Mission Impossible episode. You should have listened to our Mission Impossible episode about why he's awesome. So go do that. I'm not going to redo that here. But he was also a military advisor on this, and he did the cast boot camp. And so Neil Patrick Harris puts his hand on the brain bug, and he's just like, it's afraid. 
it's afraid, and everybody's really stoked that the brain bug is afraid. Well, yeah, it's got its brain sucker probe sliced the fuck off, and now it's in a net and dragged out of its home. Yeah. By apes. By an ape. By several little apes. So is the fact that it can feel emotions also offensive? I mean, it's going to offend 99 cent store Pee Wee Herman for sure. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, yeah, he's he's about to have a bad time. So Carmen and Rico catch up to Neil Patrick Harris and somehow Rico just knows like, hey, you told me how to find Carmen, like implying that he like sent him a psychic message and NPH gives him like a little smirk. He's like, that's classified. And it turns out that the one who caught the bug was Clancy fucking Brown. He took Dean Norris's advice and knocked himself down to private so he could go fight yes because rico goes like congratulations sergeant he's like actually sir it's private and he he proves this showing the same fucking unit insignia that every single one of them has on their (laughs) goddamn shoulders there's no rank insignia there is no difference on anybody nothing at all nope so that was crazy and of course, uh, we do have to end on a propaganda video. Uh, we watch the brain bug getting probed, and when they shove it in its face vagina, a giant censored bar comes up. It's so good. And they're just torturing the fuck out of this thing. Oh, yeah, they're like poking it to the side. They're poking it to the face. There's probably some stuff going on in the backside. They're just fucking probing. Oh, there's definitely backside stuff going on. <laughs> And so the announcer's like, we have the ships. We have the weapons. We need soldiers. Service guarantees citizenship. And we just listen to triumphant music as dropships fly towards a planet. And that was Starship Troopers. But before we go, of course, as millennials, we know that every movie and TV show has a moral. Uh, So, Jules, what did you learn today? Oh, to bring a knife to a nuke fight. (laughs) Yes, advice to live by. And John, what'd you learn? I learned that the real bugs was our smiles all along. (laughs) (laughs) And I learned that I would, in fact, like to know more. Hey, nice. (laughs) Uh, And also, before we go, we do need to tell you what we're doing next time. So, John, what do the folks at home have to look forward to? Well, we'll be moving into February, and it's time for love. So come back as we tell you how to lose a guy in 10 days. Oh, this is going to be heinous, and I can't wait. (laughs) John, do you have any uh, sensual romantic reviews to get the listeners in the mood? Sensual doesn't even begin to describe this review. This film is a one-trick pony, as you might have guessed from the trailers. If you think a shot of a dog urinating is funny, you'll like this film, as the dog gets to do it twice. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this movie will likely be taking the piss, for sure. And that's our show. If you liked it, please subscribe. If you loved it, please share it with all your friends. And whether you liked it or loved it, we'd appreciate if you gave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can to help others find us. Also, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Links to all of that are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Millennial Rewind.